Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotline League. This is an amazing episode. We have a shocking episode. There's going to be revelations in this episode that you cannot believe. Everything revealed, and it's all coming from Cubby. I don't know what it is, but he told me at the start of the show, before the show started, he had some stuff he was going to be talking about in this episode that will disgust and amaze all of you. But first off, my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman, is here. Mark, how you doing? I'm doing great. Vibing, you know? Big chilling. All that stuff. Great. Thank you for maintaining the energy that I put into the intro and making sure that the, the show did not drop at all in excitement as we moved into your part of the introduction. Very natural way to keep it going. Yes. Very natural. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, I'm trying to put some energy back into this scene because when I look at that LCS broadcast and the number beneath it, I don't see much energy there. Either way. Well, don't throw stones in glass homes, sir. How's that surprise test going? Oh, LCS. Doodle, I told you that bug. in confidence. No, actually, great point. <laughs> Everyone, please go look at my surprise test that I put out over the weekend because, my God, that thing underperformed. And people who watch it say it's great, but... Uh, I did not expect to ever see my ability to drop a surprise test and have it get less than 10K. And we put a lot of effort into that. That might We might put more effort into that ep episode of surprise test than any others. And uh, nothing makes me want to quit my job more than want to, spending a bunch of time and effort putting it, doing something like that than having it just fucking die. Anyway, shout out to Alienware for sponsoring the show. We got Cubby here. Cubby, welcome to the show. How you doing? Hey, good to be back. Uh, I... All as well. I, I don't know if I should like follow Mark with the the lack of energy or follow you with with too much energy. Please you know? follow me. Whatever Mark is doing on the show, <laughs> do the opposite because Aww. if you do what Mark does, it will it will ruin the chance that anyone will ever watch the show again. He he act he does as much as he can to undermine. He uh, literally, right. I think one here's, or two episodes ago, he told people the, to to stop watching. I mean, he told people he, to stop he, he watching did, a couple episodes ago. He did host an Are You Smarter Than episode for LCS on the same week you dropped a pop quiz or, you know, surprise, surprise test. test. Yes. Maybe, Landslide victory. Maybe that's it. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he's just trying to get you get you from the, from the top of the mountain. That's true. Mark is uh, constantly undermining me at every opportunity he has. Uh, no, right, I, here's, here's the energy. You ready for me to tangent into what I did this week? Well, sure. I was going to, I was going to ask Cubby. A little bit about his appearance uh, as an LCS caster because he's back again. Go for it. <laughs> uh, all right, it, it was fun. I, I like the cat cam personally at the moment. Um, no, it's always a privilege to work LCS. Um, to be able to go back and do that in summer is cool. And I had a busy week. I helped out with two videos for challengers and then the one video for the promo for LCS, which is kind of fun. Uh, shout out to Pastry Time who helped me put that one together, but. Yeah, it's always fun to cover the league and definitely a lot of weird stuff going on. I will say the two games I had, I felt like the team that should have won lost uh, from poor play. So that was kind of a bummer. Uh, but yeah, it was, I mean, always a treat to join the show. And um, yeah, it really was like everyone's a huge help behind the scenes whenever I'm able to hop in. So yeah, do what we can. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, glad to have you here. Okay, Mark, now's your chance to shine. What'd you watch this week? More importantly than watch, who played Final Fantasy 16? Who's who's in there with me? Ooh, dude, Kelby is no lifing Final Fantasy 16 really hard right now. I'm meeting with him tomorrow. I wish he was here. To get some time with them. Yeah, right, I Kelby. I just want to say I really appreciate you being here, even if you're not Kelby. 
<laughs> I'm seeing that 15 had better con uh better combat. Do you agree, 15? Mark? Yeah. 15 did not have better combat. Who said that? I've seen that in a few places. Okay, well, whoever said that is actually smoking crack. Okay. That's like an actual test you could administer to a crackhead and be like, which one had better gameplay? And if they say Final 15, they're on crack. 16 wow. clearly has better combat. Okay. I My take is that 15 is actually a, a better game. Like, I, I prefer 15 to 16. Okay. And this was the hot take that I was tweeting over over the weekend. That is actually a very hot take. I feel like because people are. It's a very like, hot take. Six people are acting like sixteen is like a perfect game or near perfect. I I think that's just pure cope. It's like such a fine game. Like it's it's so okay because it just doesn't try to do anything. It there's literally two elements to this game, and it is the combat and the story. There is like no real RPG systems. There's no real side content. There's there's nothing of substance beyond those two things, which is very strange to me for a Final Fantasy game to just have nothing else to do. And even at that point, like the combat isn't that insane. And I would say it's like not any better or deeper than God of War, Bayonetta, or like any like uh, Devil May Cry. It's like not substantially better than Near Automata. Like I would play all like all those games have better combat. To me. So what you're 16? saying is, yeah. Wow. Okay. So what you're saying is that when you play this game, you look like the like how your cat looks right now, just kind of. It's fun. I but okay, the, okay, the, okay. the tens. Okay. The tens blow my brains. It's just a fine game, and like the plot is like it's fine. It's not great, and like it does the typical JRPG Final Fantasy thing, where like the way it presents the plot is just so boring. It's just cutscenes and cutscenes and quick time events that like have. Five second long windows. Where I mean, you were trying to convince me the plot was good. Like, you came even okay, when you came over. The prologue, though, yeah. dude. The prologue, which is what everyone got juiced on, was like actually amazing. I won't spoil, but like the end of that prologue gets you so stoked to play the game. But then, like, there's just random cutscenes that have nothing to do with anything that's like immediately happening. And like, God, people always compare like epic stories to game of thrones you know it's like oh it's like political and there's all these the thing that game of thrones got so right where every other epic thing like even lord of the rings the rings of power gets wrong is like there's no logical reason to show me the scene that you showed me within like the context of the plot whereas if you look at the plotting from game of thrones it's like fucking god tier where you find the white walkers one dude survives the first encounter with the white walkers you follow him get captured by the lords who behead him he warns those lords, and then they get caught up in this Game of Thrones, you know, where the king visits them. And then the king tells them, hey, by the way, the real heir to the throne is often Esteros. And then they show you her. And every new person that they introduce logically follows a scene before it for why you're now seeing this person. Dude, fucking Final Fantasy 16 just yeets dumbass cutscenes in there for no reason just to, like, break you up from the main plot line. And then, like, people are like, it's just like Game of Thrones. I'm like, yeah, if you removed all the subtlety and craft from the plot, sure, there's, like, some similarities. So it's Anyways. just like Rings of Power. I normally... Just like Rings of Power, dude. When <laughs> Rings of Power just cut away from the main plot to show hobbits, like, stealing berries from wolves, and then the wolves never show up again, I'm like, what is this shit? Anyways, point is... Your point cat, is the cat like, has left. The cat wanted LCS content. I got too animated. He couldn't handle the heat that I'm cooking right now. Do, do I dare ask if anyone has seen Secret Invasion here? Is is that that's a I actually, I actually watched an episode or two, but I haven't. I haven't, I haven't watched it. it. I will say the Marvel shows have like I got burned out on the other Marvel shows. Yeah, they're pretty tough. And so yeah. I'm just waiting for Loki season two. But maybe uh, Secret Invasion is good. I don't know. 
I not promising after the first episode, but I am. I Loki was good for me, so yeah. Okay. I um. um yeah, I just. By the way, for people in chat upset about Mark's Game of Thrones spoilers, I am the biggest critic of Mark's spoilers. But he gave you just like the first fifteen minutes of the first episode, so you don't. First that is that is literally in the first yeah twenty minutes of the first episode. Yeah, which speaks to the fact that hey, guess what? A lot of shit happens in the first twenty minutes, and it's not fucking characters just back to the pacing of dialogue in video games is always like not very good because like you have to like load an audio file and match it with an in-game rendered cutscene thing i'm not slamming them but then like if you're gonna make me watch an hour of bullshit i just want i'll just watch Crunchyroll. if i'm just gonna watch a cutscene i'll just watch a movie that's better so pretty that's much what i hate go ahead like what you're saying is that the first episode of a show needs to end with a kid getting thrown out of a window for you to enjoy it. Is oh, it? bigger spoilers. All right. Oh, I defended buddy. Mark's 15, oh. 20 minute thing. Now we got Cubby going deeper. All right. Oh, Cubby. You know what? I will say the prologue to Final Fantasy 16 has similar energy. To, all right, all right. Uh, now, now we're getting multiple support. We're gonna move on. You guys can't help yourselves. It's the pr it's a free Mark, demos pro. Mark has like you can go play it. Mark has like spoiler Tourette's. If you get him on the topic of a game or a movie or something like that, he can't. It's it's just a matter of time before he blurts something out. All right. You, anyway, you you blurt spoilers at anything. I'm like, yeah, the the clouds in the game don't look very good. And you're like, spoilers. There's clouds in this game. I just defended you. For for by uh, for people who were blurting spoilers out, and that was a backhanded compliment. All right. Anyway, let's <laughs> move on to talk about League of Legends esports. It's been I you know <laughs> I don't know what it is. I feel like after the walkout stuff and MSI and the drama with different teams this year and all that stuff, TSM drama, EG drama, these weeks just feel so uneventful. There's actually a lot to talk about. Because the games are like we're a third of the way through the split, and the their standings are crazy and all that stuff. But I'm just like like Hotline League rolls up, and I'm just like, uh, wait, there's nothing insane that has happened this past week that's like historic for the industry. Well, I get what are we gonna talk about the games? I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, Arsh, I agree with Arsh. Arsh says it feels so boring to not have a world-ending scandal in the LCS this week. Exactly. I've just gotten That's, my brain is like not able to to not or to get excited about things that don't pump me full. It's, it's of like a you know you just jump the shark, so now everything has to be <coughs> end of the world or it's not yes. entertaining. It's like exactly. you got to reset the power levels in WoW after an expansion. That's what the LCS is <laughs> yeah. doing. Yeah, Winston, uh, we need a player to make like a death threat or something. Anyway, all right, so <laughs> let's we need someone to not shake a hand. We we need that except better yeah, this time, you know. Yeah. I'm no, disappointed Ayla didn't Covey. slap Vulcan. <laughs> we were hyping that up. And yeah, it gave him a some mean sort of which was cool, but physical assault. Yeah. All right. No, what is there to talk about? Okay, FlyQuest just completely collapsed. A lot of people they were a decent did anybody have them um at the top of their power rankings or did everybody just have Cloud Nine there? EG? I was talking about Fly, uh, FlyQuest, because I assume at the start of the split, there were a decent number of people that put FlyQuest number two, but I wonder if anyone was putting them even first place. Someone put were... them one. There was one I person. can't remember who. It yeah. was like I think it was Rafa. I think it was Rafa, yeah. just the troll. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, and now look at them. Universally top three, pretty much. Yeah. And uh, my God, you look at the standings. They are zero and six. 
the next lowest hundred thieves and immortals at energy at two and four. Like it's not even like they're tied with you know dig or something like that, or somebody's like one game ahead of them. Like they are just at the bottom. Uh, so I like it's it's actually so good for them that playoffs are top eight because I think things would be looking really grim for them if it was top six. So that's probably the biggest story. I still think it's grim. Um, probably uh, probably the biggest story besides EG uh, tied up with C9 now because C9 lost that last game. So interesting stuff going on there. Anything else? I mean, uh, obviously we could talk about TL looking better than I think a lot of people expected, NRG looking worse. There are a lot of things to talk about with these other teams, but I don't know if there's any other major stories or conversations that I am – I am missing. I saw you interacting with LS Cubby about control wards, and I've missed this. Is yeah. LS down on control There's, wards right now? So there was a player who was making his debut in Challengers this split. Um, their name is Zamudo, and they boot camped in Korea with LS this past uh, split. Uh, and through the first round robin, he has bought zero control wards in 18 games. And so that is... Uh, I don't know. It's a, it's a pretty funny. How stuff many of those have. 18 games has he won? Uh, I think Wildcard are 11 and seven. They're pretty good actually. I, they're I think they're they have a nice. It's nice in challengers like lower levels when you have slightly unique reads on the game, and I think their jungler is playing really well this split. Uh, so yeah, it's been really good to see actually at a wild card. Um, so yeah. Sounds like they would have won some more games if they bought some control wards to me. Dude. I mean, who knows? You know, just gank top. I guess we find out. Having not watched the games, I guarantee you, if they bought some, if that guy bought some wards, they would. <laughs> well, we can talk about that uh, if we want. There's also sort of in in LCS adjacent stuff. There's Soul Fighter, which is like the big cross League of Legends other game event that just got announced. I don't. I, if anybody wants to like somehow link that back to esports, I think that's something we can talk about. Because I know, I mean, we don't tend to talk too much about like the broader League of Legends ecosystem game stuff here outside of the esport, but I know there's been a lot of doomerism, quite frankly, around the game as well. Starting off this year when the cinematic didn't come out, and there were people like, "What about, what about the game modes? There's going to be two v two v two v two because they looked at Magic: The Gathering's Commander and said, "Hey, we should do that." Um, uh, they looked at TFT. They looked at Battle Right. They looked at anything other than Magic. I bet. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, there's a lot of stuff to talk about. But anything else that I'm I'm missing? Bakery, the general manager for Dig, says Dig beating EG and TL is pretty big. I don't know. Even uh, Dignitas's GM is surprised by how successful they're doing. I, uh, I believe he also tweeted that Rich is the best player in the league. Uh, which I don't know if I agree with that, but Rich has been damn good. So. I, I don't agree with it because it's not ambitious enough. I think Rich is the best player in the world. I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think that I think that's where you kind of have to go. Who you know, would win, a, a top, Faker a of League of Legends scale? or Faker of Heroes of the Storm? That's the the big question. He's been good, um, so that's been pleasantly surprising. We'll see what TSM does this upcoming week in mid. Um, if they do start playing Ruby or not. Oh yeah, that's might, might be interesting to look out for. Does anyone know the answer to that yet? Um, I know that the they've been playing both in scrims as of last week, so I don't know where that is now. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. 
Uh, how who are they running in their academy? Oh, oh, oh! I on on knocking. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Anyway, so let's <laughs> let's talk about League of Legends esports with some of you all. Uh, Mark, do you want to do the spiel? Sure. If you have not seen this show before or you just forgot how everything works because your mind got wiped, uh, this is a live call-in show. You can go ahead and join the Discord link, which I'm spamming in Twitch chat right now. Once you get here, go ahead and join the Pleb Topics or Subtopics uh, text channels to go post your takes. You need to join the Pleb Calls and Sub Calls voice channels in order for me to pull you if I like the take that you posted, where I will move you to the waiting room. If I like it, you'll hang out there till it's your turn. We'll do a quick audio check. Make sure your microphone's working before you pull pull you on air to talk with us. And Yeehaw. if you are a sub, first off, thank you for being a sub. Really appreciate subs in this trying esports winter. I burn the subs that you send me uh, in my fireplace to keep warm during esports winter. Uh, and hypothermia is starting to set in. Anyway, uh, but if you are a sub, be sure to join the subtopic chat by linking your Twitch and Discord account so that you can get access to uh, the subtopics chat. And we, it doesn't guarantee that you get on the show, but it does move a little slower there, so uh, you have maybe a little bit of a better chance of getting on. We try to pull from both. Uh, either way, that is how things are going. While Mark is grabbing, so, or grabbing folks from the uh, topics chat... Let me go ahead and read off some subs. Speaking of subs, Nuclei for three years. Nuclei subbed for three years, then put like a, an awkward face, which I find interesting. T-Wood Chronicler, Zabel, Sakovitz, uh, Filth Monk, Dark Tarkanis, Super Pencil Dude, Uwu Rusty Nerd, Robot Russ, CJ7, Poby, M. Lewis No, Darth Nomi, Flash D, and Cherry Lace. Thank you all for your subs. Mark, you want to go grab? Oh, Mark is already off to grab the first caller of the evening. Excited to have all of you joining us here this evening. Please spread the word of the show. Mark, Alice has been looking for a gifter for 20 minutes. He's just like, will anybody please give him a sub? And uh, <laughs> he's just a desperate man on a corner. Begging for a Travis Gafford sub. That's how in demand these things are. He can't He can't even get one himself. Uh, all right. Let's see. It is, I assume, I think this is Zemelkai. I can't tell because Discord changed how they do streamer names. Is this you, Zemelkai? No, it definitely isn't. It is Zemelkai. Zemelkai, <laughs> tell everybody where you're calling from. Uh, I am calling from uh, the United Kingdom. From the UK. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so... Uh, the take I think Mark pulled me for was TSM subbing out Insanity would be the perfect farewell by the org to their time in the LCS and would show why the league is better without them. Ah, okay. Uh, and we should say that there's a bit of, of conflict of interest or bias on the chat or in the show because Mark and Insanity have beef. And so uh, it's going to be difficult, I think, for Mark to weigh in in a I can't way. wait for Ruby to take his spot. I'm sick of watching this Graves mid one trick ruin the LCS. Thank God he's getting benched for Ruby. Anyway, Zamelkai, why don't you expand on this? Um, okay, so I think like it it slightly ties into the point that you've been harping on more recently. And I wanna like preface this by saying that 
I don't have anything against Ruby for, like, taking the off. And if Ruby gets stage time and people, like, attack Ruby, I think that's fucked. But, um... Like, Insanity is uh, NA talent and has come up and has played interesting stuff and it's been, like, sure they're not the best team in the league, but it's been working enough to get them wins. Um, and so it just, it feels so representative, particularly of, like, the Sword Art Onwards era of TSM of just what do you mean there are players in North America that we could look to to build our North American League of Legends team? No, we must find as many green card players as possible and then just slam in whatever LPL player or like LCK player we can pay $500 million for. Um, and just... I know that like TSM leaving the league isn't going to kill like that that train of thought with them but i it just it like insanity winning and then if ruby gets subbed in and they start losing it will just feel like such a perfect encapsulation of the stupidity and the problems of it all i somewhat agree but i also understand the situation that tsm is in where you've told this player that they get to play and you bring them over and if you don't even let them have a chance at it you know it is it, it is a complicated situation i guess is what i would say now i would say it's a complicated situation in part because teams insist on bringing players over that consistently have visa issues that then when they show up, they need a lot of time to warm up because they've had visa issues, blah, blah, blah. Like the fact that we are in this situation in the first place, I think is indicative of a strange obsession with, you know, players and, and refusal to admit that North American talent can be good when placed in an environment where they can succeed cough, revenge cough. But I I under I don't think Zemelkai that it's as explicit as if they dare use this player who they told could start. I mean at the very least I think give him a try. Like perhaps he could maybe maybe as good as Insanity's been, this player will outperform him, you know? Yeah, I mean like Oh, sorry, Mark, were you gonna No, I was I was just gonna chime in if, if you weren't gonna go. You go. Go go ahead, Zemelkai. Um cool. Yeah, so like I think like as someone who, like, did watch LEC, uh, I don't particularly, like, think that Ruby is gonna be, um, like, blowing the socks off greater than Insanity. I mean, Azir's back in meta and his Azir was decent, but beyond, like, it's not even just the case of whether Ruby is necessarily better or not. It just, it also feels like a move where there's been a lot of both positive community and, like, narrative sentiment around insanity. And so, particularly as long as TSM are continuing to do well, it just, it feels like such a potential, like, setup just self-own in a way that doesn't really need to happen. Uh, but again, feels somewhat distinctly TSM. Mark, what do you think? Uh, 
I know. I actually think for once Travis said something eloquent and intelligent, which is that like it's it's kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, because you promised this guy a starting spot. You don't know if what he would have done if you didn't do that. He might have gotten an offer somewhere in the LCK or somewhere else or minor league where he pops off and gets another spot in the major league, and now you're just going to sit on him for a split and have you know long-term ramifications on this person's career potentially if Ruby doesn't start. Like, you know, I, I think there is legitimate reasons to give him a shot. That said, it also feels shitty for Insanity, who I think uh, clearly deserves it. I think if you were going to make people vote for All-Pro right now, he probably gets some votes from people. I feel like you're looking at Eminez, Gory, JoJo, and him as like your top four. So like he'll probably sneak a couple votes, which feels weird to be like, yeah, you're you're like borderline all pro mid laner is probably gonna have to get benched now for Ruby to come in. So it's it's a shit situation either way. Uh, Cubby, what do you what do you do if you're in this situation and you have Insanity popping off, and you have Ruby who you've told you get gets to play, and comes over here. What what do you do? Uh, I mean, I I think it's tricky. Um. I mean, I, I would love to say, like, hey, solve it in practice, right? Like, if you can split time and outperform, then you get the spot. Because it does suck. Like, you did bring in Ruby, and I feel like, yeah, like, you did make promises for him to play. But also, like, I see Insanity playing, and, like, when I see Ruby's coach of Peter Dunn saying, like, let's be honest, there's no way TSM should sub him in when Insanity or TSM around are playing like this, I think that says a lot. Uh, and for me, I think that one of the things that has been overlooked about TSM is I actually think their meta reads have been pretty good. Like, they're pairing up Graves with Maokai uh, to really help protect Maokai early and, like, let him get into the, some of these games. And they're playing it, uh, like, they're pairing it up with Jinx, too. No one else is really playing Jinx or playing the style. And something that Insanity always had with Dignitas Challengers, he was very often credited for how they were able to play map and having a very deep champion pool, which he even had when he played LCS with Immortals. And if I'm a team that's not going to be fighting at the top of the standings, then I feel like I kind of want players like that who might be able to take other teams off guard uh, with unique strats. Because if you... Or just, it's the same conversation we have about, like, NA teams going to Worlds every year, right? Like, why do we always play the same stuff the other teams do? I feel like, like, Insanity is almost doing that within this region uh, itself, and it's working for TSM. Because TSM being 3-3 three and three is something that we didn't expect. Uh, and so it's one of those things where it's almost like, if don't fix it if it's not broken. Uh, and it feels like TSM are doing okay right now. So I, I, I do think it's tricky, and I think that we're going to see Ruby at some point, but... Like, when I look at the play, I think Insanity's given every reason that he can give to keep on playing. Uh, the the one positive thing I'll say for TSM fans, too, is, like, the rest of the team is playing well as well. Mm -hmm. uh, while I do think Insanity, you can make the case, is maybe their best play, performing player right now. Um, Wild Turtle has been very good in lane with Chime and generally pretty good out of the lane. Uh, Hanser was, like... <laughs> You know, Malphite one trick, but then showed his Cassante is not too bad either. Boogie's been good uh, for the most part. So, like, you know, unless Ruby comes in and is, like, substantially individually worse or, like, really breaks how communication functioned or drafts or something, um, I, I don't think... I, I think the team should be able to continue to be okay. Uh, I think, you know, a lot of the other members on this team have done a good job stepping up and, like, won't crumple just because Insanity's not there. Well, I guess the question I would have for you, Mark, is, all right, if you do feel like you have to give Ruby some time, how long do you give him? 
He subs in. He like ints the first game. Do you give him game two? He subs in for one week and is pretty mid, and they go like one and two. He's not like the biggest issue, but he's not. He's a recognizable issue from insanity or downgrade from insanity. It's like universally considered that way. Like, do you give him week two? Like, especially in a six week split, like how much rope do you give this person? I would say like, yeah, that, that week it's pretty cutthroat, but Ruby's been here for a little bit now. I think like, I, I don't even think it was this week that he, he got here last week, pretty early in the week, if I'm not mistaken too. On, unless it's bad, I, I would actually say two weeks. I feel like one week's not fair, uh, even with the three games. You give him a uh, third you, of the split. Yeah, I I think that like in order to actually give him a fair shot, that's what you have to do. Like coming in for one week, like I mean, unless it's like if it's god awful terrible, you know, you can switch it up. But also, I mean, we've already seen that from someone stepping in later into the split. So, and that individual is probably gonna get another week. So, welcome to North America game. Every mid laner gets one. My, I mean, my issue is that honestly, if like I didn't watch a ton of Ruby's gameplay, but from what I've heard from what people saw in LAC and then some people that keep up with challengers and that I trust the opinion on both, it's that they're surprised that like they didn't just go with insanity. And that's honestly, I hope that like part of me hopes that insanity can keep on playing well and proving that. But Cubby, I feel like insanity, insanity is a North American mid laner, right? Yeah, I know. It's wild. He took second in challengers the last two splits, and I mean, he might actually be good in LCS. Isn't you know? that the biggest reason not to go with Insanity? Wouldn't going with Insanity be Insanity if you have a spot? How, how open old are both of them? Hold on, let me, let me look I, this up. Anyone Insanity. know if Insanity uh, speaks Chinese? Maybe. <laughs> That's what uh, yes? I was saying. Is like none of these guys are going to potentially follow them to the LPL, but maybe Ruby will. I mean, I don't think. I don't. My suspicion is the. The contracts don't move to the new region. I think they would have to re-sign or whatever. Because if they're selling the slot, it I guess it depends on how things are structured. But I don't think you can just be like, "Hi, we're signing you to a deal that would also require." Wait, you Ruby's to older than Sanity. Ruby's twenty-four. He's a boomer. Ooh. Gross. Dude, that tweet went from the weekend where you guys did the solo stuff, where it was like twenty-four year old oh. kid. Oh, I've got my whole future ahead of me. LCS casters, look, look at this decrepit old man. It's a miracle of modern science that this player is able to walk onto the stage. Oh, that was such. A, that was a bigger tweet. That was one of my favorite tweets of the of the year. That's the MVP tweet. That tweet's getting all pro. All right. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I don't think I would be surprised if if TSM is building a roster based on the idea that you move the players. My guess is that they're building a roster based on the idea that you can create value in whatever. Yeah. But again, yeah. the rumors I've started to hear is that a deal's done. Essentially, that like that TSM is that stuff is is either agreed to or being sorted out. Like again, not a report, but. I don't think that it's a situation where they're going to be three weeks from now, you know, a month from now, trying to figure out who's buying the team and, you know, trying to get a value based off of how good the team works and all that stuff. So we'll see. Uh, all right. Anyway, thank you so much to Malkai for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, yeah. Uh, or oh, before I do, Mark, I had another take that you said you maybe wanted. 
do you still want it or nah, i think we're good cool cool <laughs> uh that's good uh in that case i'll just do my shout outs um oh uh i also wanted to respond to one point quickly which is just the on the like tsm being in a tough position counterpoint like Cubby said, they could have just never put themselves in this position in the first place. And I think that's the bigger, like, screw-up. But uh, shout-outs to Alienware, uh, as always. And then my other shout-out is that for the Battle of the Atlantic World Qualifying Series at the end of the year, it shouldn't just be LCS4 versus LEC4. It should be LCS uh, and LEC4 all the way down to LCS to LEC 10th. You start at 10th, work your way up. It's banger content, and you motivate the teams by doing like season kickoff-style event uh, you let them sell emotes if they if their team wins. Like so, if LEC tenth beats LCS tenth, LEC tenth gets to sell an emote in the world's bundle, and you make sure that the rev share goes to players, so that like teams have a reason they have a financial incentive to give a shit. Would be banger. That content. seems like a take. I feel like you're not doing a shout out. That's a take. Um, but it's just it's an idea. Um, it's an idea. <laughs> anyway. Uh, thank you there's very some, much. There's some pretty big ideas in the world. I hope the next caller it's... wants to talk about the idea of quantum mechanics. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you for the call. Hour shout out. It sounds like in football every year when someone argues like we should have Alabama play the worst team in the NFL and see what happens. You know. I don't. That one that. I actually want to happen just so you can see those college players get their heads taken off. Yeah. No. Honestly. Yeah. That. Yeah. Thank you too. Whereas I th I think NACL would win a lot of matches against bottom tier TLC is pretty good right now, and from what I hear in scrims, uh, you know there are some positive win rates from more than one challenger team against some of our LCS teams. You know, if scrim bucks count at all. But Cubby, don't most you know, of those NACL teams have North count. American talent on them? Yeah, they 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 actually might. And uh, they are beating LCS teams that presumably have non North American talent on them. I mean, we, we got to get flack, though, because, like, the promotions, you know, the two best are Eminem and Unforgiven, who played in Challengers last split, you know. True. Because we, we put them all on the tier list. And Thank you, yeah, too. They, they are the two best. Flash D for gifting a sub to LS. Uh, Cherry Lace, Jampire M. Avura, and Dark Alley HT for the subs. Really appreciate everyone's sub support. All right, Mark is off to grab the next caller. Where is Mark? He's got to come back. Come back, Mark. I need you. Either way. Here we go. Mark is back. Trethan is here. Trethan, where are you calling from? Hello. Hello. Where are you calling from? Uh, Jersey City, New Jersey. Jersey City. You already get your LCS finals ticket? No, because they were only selling them for two days originally, and then later they were like, we're going to do one days. And at that point, I'm like, I don't know if I can afford to. Like, yeah, is that so what your your take is about? I just want to make sure that that's not it. No, it's not. I will not go on a rant any further. Well, I will go on a rant really quickly, just as a side topic, because I want to get like the information out about this. Uh, huh? What, Mark? No, I'm not just saying what. what Are you aware you of this, Mark? Did you know about this? I don't know. What, what, what is it? So when LCS Finals tickets originally went on sale... They went on sale, and so one, Riot announced, Riot does the thing that they always do, where they announce tickets are going to go on sale, but they share no additional information about it other than, like, the timing of when stuff is going to happen. So no, like, hey, guys, this is 
the amount that it's going to cost or any of that type of stuff. Tickets go on sale. That's when everybody learns about the cost of them. And they were only available originally as two-day tickets. Um, and I ended up reaching out to Riot about this because I was like, what the was going on? There's Somebody has told me that this was also what happened in spring, though I don't remember that being the case. So if anybody can corroborate that when t- tickets originally went on sale in spring, they were, initial, they were two days, uh, that would be helpful. But regardless, they were only two days. Or you could only buy two-day tickets. And... Then and there was no details on when single tickets, when or if single day tickets would become available, and then so people were like, okay, well if I only want to go to finals, I have to buy a two day ticket. This is annoying. And then like a week later, they tweeted out, hey, we're gonna do single day tickets available now. And then single day tickets went on, but I don't feel like they perhaps did the best job of broadcasting that single day tickets were. Around and I know at least one person who hit me up that said that like they bought a two day ticket because they didn't know that one day tickets were going to be available and now they are fucked because they can't do anything they can't get a refund on the two day ticket it's it's just like a mess I I it's disappointing um either way sorry that triggered me Trethan what do you want to talk about on the show no it's fine it's always a mess with that stuff I'll always listen every week and see you rant about it probably this will happen again in the future. I don't for sure. I don't understand. Anyway, yeah. All right, go for it. So, um, I think North American talent is in a recoverable state, mainly off the backs of Evil Geniuses. This split, I think Coach Moser is not getting enough credit in what she can bring to the table to the scene as the head of a team that has player development in mind from top to bottom. Oh, okay. Sorry, it sounded like you had another out. You you ended so abruptly. Is that the full take? Yeah, that's the full take. Okay, okay. Sorry. So the idea, sorry, one more time. You think EG is revitalizing like the North American talent thing and Kelsey's not getting enough credit? Is that what you were saying any talent type deal? Yeah, like I think I think Evil Geniuses is at the forefront of what North American talent development can be in League of Legends. Basically, okay. and yes. I think that they themselves are going to probably drag it back to life. All right. Uh Anything else you want to expand on, or should we dive in? I think I would love to hear your opinions on that. All right. I went first last time. Cubby, you worked with Kelsey previously, and I know that you care a lot about talent development, so why don't you go ahead and give us your take. And also, is she is Kelsey head coach, or is she... Because everything's... Head of coaches. Head of coaches. Yeah. So, which is a, a, a confusing title, uh, but... Given that she's on stage coaching now. Yes. I I think they cut costs quite aggressively in the off season. It's just why she's on. Yeah, it's you mean, like in the, in the break between spring and summer. Yeah. Uh, okay, so she was head of coaches, but when you no longer have a head coach, the head of coaches becomes the head coach or the, the head coach on stage, I guess. Uh, all right, sorry. Go ahead, Cubby. What do you think? I mean, first off, it's pretty wild that if you think of EG last split. All the players they sent to other teams are actually lower in the standings than what EG are now, uh, using players that did, at least uh, from like Armeo Ewa, right? They had a ton of success in challengers. Um, I don't think that you can just credit Kelsey for that. Like, I still think that other orgs deserve credit. Like 100 Thieves, I think what they did in the past few years, I know that they decided to not continue their challengers teams, but they're responsible for still uh, Tenacity, Canvi, Copy, uh, Poom, uh, Yawn, and others. 
Uh, also, TL, they have been the best team that we've had in Challengers and Academy the past few years. So they they really are the ones that deserve credit for, you know, Aoi Yon, like how they ran with them and Armeo. So I don't think it's just EG. But yeah, I mean, like, the I, I don't, I never really like think that like talent, like being like recoverable. I think that we have good players that are still competing. Like, Insanity is a great example of this. Um, We've even had players that compete at this level where they get revitalized, like Dokla. Uh, I also think that Fake God is actually playing ridiculously good right now on Challengers, if anyone has seen Disguised. Like, he is hands down the best top laner and might be the best player in the league that we have at the moment, uh, which is wild to think because, obviously, his narrative from LCS is not good because uh, he did not perform at all in his last split, right? Um, but uh, we still have players that are really talented in Challengers. It's just the question of, like, will they get a shot or not? I think that some of the economics behind it have been weird because it used to be that they were locked behind buyouts and now like no one has buyouts. So it's like, you know, when you have LCS players going for no buyout, it's hard to reason to take challengers players over them sometimes when the cost isn't there anymore. Um, so I think it's weird, but I'm really hoping that the next offseason that we just have more people get a shot. Even players like Mir, who like are already kind of discovered and figured out because, you know, he was Arthur on HLE. Like the fact that Mir is not LCS is just a crime. Um, like I, yeah, it, I, it's not like it's irrecoverable by any means. It's just that I feel like more of these players just need to get a shot and then we'll like, we'll see what happens. I mean, insanity has been really good. Like he's had a shot before, but like seeing him perform in LCS has been great. Uh, and there were mid laners that were beating him last, but I mean, Diplex and MNS got the best of him at times. Uh, APA was competitive with him. So yeah, I think there are other players that are good that it's just like, will they get an opportunity or not? And that's really tough. So question, if I, Kelsey is head of coaches, do we blame her for EG getting blown out against Fnatic this past weekend? <laughs> sure. Yeah. Who pew cares pew game. about that loser game? The, the, the Pew Pew Riot, Riot game. I, I can tell you that much. About. <laughs> I like calling it the Pew Pew game. It's, it sounds mm -hmm. equally dismissive as like sport ball. People are like, oh, you're going to watch the big sport ball game this weekend? <laughs> I'm a nerd. I'm cool. Yep. Yeah. I like that. Yep. I like that energy to dismiss Valorant. I told. Um, I, go ahead. Mark. No one cares what you told anyone, Travis. Let's well, talk why about are you so tape. hostile tonight? My God. How am I hostile tonight? That was the first hostile thing I've said. You literally, in the two calls ago, you said, I think Travis for once actually made a articulate point. That was a compliment. You made a great Guys, point. can you stop, please? This is worse than my parents' divorce. All right. Anyway, Mark, go ahead. I was just saying that... Um, I think it's cool that Kelsey put this squad together and that they're doing so well immediately. To Cubby's point about the fact that all the players that they lost or like that were removed from the roster are doing worse than them. It's cool that they hit this stride. I think it speaks to the fact that people like Armeo and Ayla and Revenge and all these people have a lot of uh, potential talent in the right situations. I don't know if I would say that, like, I mean, I guess Kelsey or whoever put this roster together did a good job scouting it. But I don't know if they deserve credit necessarily for like developing any of these players because none of them played under EG prior, if I'm not mistaken. Jojo Pian. Uh, okay, so Jojo Pian, correct. And did he is their best player. Yeah. Do they get like uh, credit for contracts? You know, when he was with the EG with Jojo, I guess. Uh, you know, uh, might be able to. Yeah, maybe they one. actually counterpoint. We just talked about how all their previous players are doing 
not great anymore. So they undeveloped the players, you know, like the players they, they, they did they did play for them are doing they, worse, and these new players that they, did play for them are doing them. better. They, they left yes. EG and the skill vampires came for them, you know? Yeah. No, no, it's the other way around. EG is the skill vampire, and they nerfed the rest of the league by getting all these seemingly great players, making them terrible, then redistributing throughout the rest of the world. <laughs> yes. And then bringing Everyone's in like, new what? Players. I just got Vulcan. How is he so bad now? Like, yeah. why, am I, why is my team What terrible? did you do to him? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, no, but I, I think, like, if anything, it speaks to what, you know, what Cubby was saying about how there is a lot of talent in Academy. Like, I, 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 I thought Diplex, like, just in my head when it was like, who's 100 Thieves going to replace Bjergsen with? I was like, Diplex. He's, like, basically mm -hmm. Bjergsen already, for the most part. Like, plays control mages, maybe a little bit less cool of a champion pool. He doesn't have a pocket zillion, as far as I'm aware. Uh, but plays control mages pretty well. Pretty good team fighter. Uh, not super aggressive. Like, can slot in and, and play a similar way. And then they just, like, didn't get picked. And they got Ruby. And I was like, huh? You know? So, like, it does feel like there's there's players that just get overlooked. And I think, for me, if anything's going to be, like, good for the future, it'd be figuring out how to get these players shots on teams. I think the, the buyouts being gone is a big thing. And I think if anything's going to be positive from this EG lineup, it shows how important actually having like a well-functioning team is over any one player's like insano individual skill. Um, oh, excuse me, hundred thieves got quit. Not not Ruby. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I thought they they were gonna go uh, Diplex, but yeah, yeah, wrong wrong person. Yeah, uh, brain fart. But but yeah, like I think that this shows that you can like I bet these guys are pretty cheap. I think if you like it will push teams who are currently spending too much money to blow up their rosters. I think FlyQuest is going to get nuked into all hell if they don't make World somehow after this. Like, there's no reason to be paying as much as I'm sure they're paying for that team and get these kind of results when you can yeah. like slap together a bunch of like good academy players and tier two players and, and get middle of the pack to top of the pack performance if they actually jive well. So Mike, I, I I have been on me. here before and I have said that like the biggest way that you can close the gap in NA is actually through coaching. There are a lot of factors that we just cannot compete against when it comes to Korea, given the player base, um, the culture behind it, the ping, all that. So it's like, how can you try to at least close that gap when like you're just not going to be... You can't push players by like, having so many more players around them to get better. It's got to be through coaching, right? Uh, so, I mean, maybe you just credit EG there. Like, they took a, a gang of people that have been successful before and were able to get them together, uh, like, quickly. Also, I do want to, like, an aside, are you guys worried that FlyQuest is 06? Like, what that could mean for the spending of the league as a whole? Like, is that something that is concerning? I am not worried at all about that. Like, no? I okay. I think, I mean, the the league would be, I, I like FlyQuest a lot. I like Prince a lot. I like a lot of what FlyQuest is doing. They are one of the few organizations that is still investing into the league. So by that point, yes, I am worried. Like, I... I like a lot of the personalities. I like a lot of what FlyQuest is doing. Yep. On the other hand, it is they are a continuation of the thing that we've seen in the past, which is overspend on import talent who oftentimes underperform. And, like, I hope those players are here next year. But, like, if you told me that Prince goes back, Vikla goes back, like, we have the boomerang effect again, I would not be surprised. And I think... To kind of link both of the things you were just, you both of you were just saying, your question, Cubby, and what Mark was saying about uh, figuring out how to get players up and for teams to recognize that they can bring up players and all that stuff and save money. My big concern is that this same thing happened with Danny and JoJo, 
where EG was doing really well with Danny and JoJo, and there was a big hope that this would mean that teams would be like, oh, you know what? Now we can go get like good rookie talent and North American talent and do all this stuff. What ended up happening? The team started just voted to fucking drop the whole ecosystem out from as a requirement for the teams and like the, it did not follow through like the results the success of Danny and Jojo did not seem to change the mentality of teams at least in the long term and the way that they approach roster building and so I don't have a ton of hope um, it other than like the biggest thing that I think would force teams to do anything anything like that is going to be market forces like I don't think that you can Teams cannot fathom a world where North American talent could outperform like some exciting import rookie or import veteran. And so the only way to make this work is North American talent becomes significantly cheaper than imports and they can't afford the imports anymore. And again, as I will always say, because I have to caveat this every single time, I am not anti-import. I am anti the import system that we have right now where players come over, underperform, boomerang at the cost of running North American players who are in many cases as good or better. Um, yeah. So, right. uh, yeah. oh, go ahead. No, I, I was about to say, I. it's funny that, like, you know, you bring up JoJo Danny to, like, kind of help that boom. I, I feel like there were some other players that, like, could have helped that boom and, like, are now. I think it's safe to say that Yawn is definitely a player that I think deserves an LCS slot, uh, with given his play. I think I'm pretty confident that, like, Busio as well, someone that has at least proven, like, in a second split, he deserves an LCS slot. Um, I think Harry's playing well. Uh, I said that the biggest crime of last offseason was that Armeo didn't get a team, and I think Armeo's, like, I mean, more than shown that he deserves a slot. So maybe, like, it doesn't just take JoJo Danny, of course, being who, like, I, I did think and still are, like, you know, generational talents when it comes to this game. Uh, I, I think there's also a lot of value to just prove, like, hey, you can find players that are good in this league that, you know, you can build from within too. I, like there's always going to be value to that as well. Do we, do we have a TL take Mark? Cause I have a kind of a no tangent. I, I mean, think about that Skype message I sent you. Um, okay, perfect. Um, EG is about the only team. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then let's go off on the, on this, the side tangent here to say, to ask both of you, what do you guys think about a player like Armeo? Because, as much of a, and, and I think Insanity kind of follows up on this too, whereas as much of a rah-rah, any talent don't get a chance to do what they sh get a good chance and they come in like when Armeo was brought up, I, you know, very nice dude, not an Armeo hater by any means, but I'm like, okay, we're back with Armeo who has been around in and out for a long time and has some good moments, but also some not great moments and has never really impressed. And like it does, like there is a little bit of a fatigue whenever I see that player pop up because I don't, Armeo has played on good teams in good environments and yet has never been able to stick around. And has he played on good teams in good environments? Name, name another good team in a good environment he played in. Team Liquid? Let me look at okay. He, let me pull he, still he, he subbed in. Yeah. He was subbed in for Santorin having migraines. He played on that Doom TSM roster. He played for Echo Fox, which was like relatively cursed. Am I forgetting a team? <sighs> was, I, was, dig. Okay, I'm looking at Team Liquid. Yeah, I guess that was just a short period of time. Yeah, uh, TL. They they went to five games in finals with Armeo. 
Yeah, they went to five um, games. They beat TSM to make finals with our. Okay, and, you it, know what? Perfect. Thank you. This is. It's actually. I thought for sure that there was at least a couple good rosters that this player had played on, but I am a victim of the same point that I have been championing for the last couple of months, which is you put players who could be good on teams that are doomed, bad, and bad environments, and then surprise, surprise, they underperform. So uh, I and then and then you end up in the same situ- you end up in the situation I was in five minutes ago where I'm like oh I haven't seen this guy before and nothing ever came of it um, and then you put them in a good environment and seemingly EG appears to be a, a fairly good environment and they find success so um, and to be fair to, to to that point Travis I think it's actually a great point because like Dokla was on Immortals or Optic back in the day. It was Optic. And, like, it was not a great team, and he was young and probably didn't play well. There's a lot of guys who are young when they get given their chance, you know, like 1920, like Fake God kind of had happened to him, and then he kind of choked and wasn't great, and he's gotten a lot better. And, like, this happens in LCK, too. Like, Smeb sucked ass for a while before he became really good. Like, it happens in, in regions all around the world where, like, Someone gets given their chance because you see the talent, but they don't pop off, and then they just get glossed over because, oh, we figured this guy out. He's not good. So I, I will say, like, I know specifically for Dokla, and also this kind of ties into, like, why I've always been a fan of Armeo too. Uh, I know that, like, from talking with Dokla, when he played on Optic, like, he wasn't good. Uh, like, he would say it himself, and he wasn't good in the league. But after that, like, and he kind of dropped down. He went to the Oceanic region for a split and then came back to NA. He did kind of realize, like, hey, this is the work that I need to put in in order, to, like, for me to go pro. And he ended up doing that. Like, when he got back, he helped out with Wildcard, where they smurfed. He was on the Solofidi roster, where they didn't get paid with Zazel. That sucked. Uh, but, like, he, when Champsq came out, this guy was streaming, it like, Champsq every single day until 1 a.m. He was rank 1. He had a 1,500 gold diff at 15 in spring of Challengers before he got promoted. And this guy, like, put in all the work that he could to give himself a chance, and he got it. So I think that's also part of, like, why having a stronger Tier 2 scene is important, because that is a player where, yeah, that first chance didn't go his way, but he just worked his butt off in order to, like, get another shot. He played so many Champs Q games. Like, that's why I've always been a fan of Armeo. That guy was consistently top 10 in Champs Q and on the best academy team that we had. He was a shot caller. He was a leader. He's easy to work with. Like, the fact that he didn't get a shot uh, this this past spring, like, again, I said it was the biggest crime of the offseason that he just had no team. Uh, so, I mean, we still have a tier two scene, but like no champs queue again. That those things build up the environment where the people that are willing to work hard can then climb up and succeed. And the fact that people like Dokla did that uh, was great. Like that's something that I really feel like Fake God's doing right now uh, with what he's doing with disguise and in challengers. He's been is, playing out of his mind. So, is champs queue just dead? They're waiting for. I, I the last thing I heard about it is that it might be back if the players want it back. I think I think it's probably dead. So I had not even thought about Champskew. I know. I'm and pretty sure so got sunset secretly. I I don't know what happened. So before we start going, yeah. okay. players are lazy, right? Now we're gonna go full cycle and be like these fucking NA pros. Never mind. They don't a t- Fuck it, talent. They won't use Champskew. They don't deserve a tier two scene. It's called Champskew, and they didn't want it. But hey, look at Armeo. I mean, he used it a crap ton, and he was always done as performed whenever he's played the last few splits. So I, I really don't know what to say. Um, uh, I was gonna say like the JoJo Pune example is like some every every once in a while you get like a generational in air quotes talent like someone who is just such a stud everyone sees it 
you know, everyone knew Jojo Pima was going to be great for a while. And then he comes in and like, thank God he lived up the expectations. Sometimes people flop, but like there are some players who you, you bring to the scene and immediately they're great. Berserker was immediately great. Obviously just an incredible talent. Everyone was excited about him. Um, those, those can, those can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's really foolish to think that like the point of your tier two scene is only to find those kinds of players and that it's not also a scene where people can like go into the big leagues struggle go back down get some more time come back and like these kinds of things um i think like you know honestly speaking if we're gonna get really doomer like kenby feels like he's on track to you know he's he's really struggling i've not been impressed with him i don't yeah, think many people have it sucks man yeah um, and like if he goes down to tier two and smurfs again i hope he gets another shot you know but yeah. like i would i want there to be a good tier two for him to go down so he doesn't just like exit the scene or some shit it, it's important like 26 out of the 50 players have played in tier two at some point and there are a handful of players who wouldn't have a career if it wasn't for that uh and some of them are making really solid pros like right now i mean our man is a great example of that with how well he's playing at the moment um tl would have never been able to pull off the roster that they have now without their tier two success uh with harry and yawn so yeah it's uh, I still think it's really important. It should be a smart investment for teams if they want to cut, save costs later by developing talent in-house. And I really hope that we see teams following through on some of uh, the things that they said in all those posts when they were dropping their challengers teams. Because uh, at the moment, I have seen no teams adding anything uh, about their, their talent. Uh, it was just kind of uh, you know false words, and that's disappointing. No, dude, again, they're going to look to find other ways to support it. Totally. They're yeah. totally going to do it. They said they would. Again? I think that something that's really lacking here in NA is that like you don't get coaching in this game unless you pay for it or unless you go to college or try like an academy team. Like it's like I think it really matters and it's how you have to close the gap. Like this is a game that evolves three weeks and if you aren't playing six games plus a day, you were falling behind the curve. Uh, so you need people around you to help you kind of close like close the gap. And I think that just really lacks in NA. It's really tough. I will say this. Teams had how long? Five, six years of academy to do much with it, and they didn't. Just don't mm-hmm. let them in tier two. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, there, that was the argument I made too. Like, I didn't want TSM in tier two. Like, they didn't give Hanser, Svenskar, and Wild Turtle a coach. Like, that's a crime. Um, so I want orgs that are invested. Uh, I think Disguise has been great. Like, if I, I look at Fake God, Tomio, and Young, like all their streams, they get 2K plus viewers just because they're on Disguise. Like, that's fantastic for those players, getting a lot more exposure. And they're making the most of it by streaming a lot. Like, there's a lot of motiv- motivation for that. So, um, yeah, I, I hope that we yeah. can continue to find good partners, whoever they are. Yeah, for me, it's like the tier one scene needs to be more open to the idea of just signing guys like Armeo and like the EG side. And I think to pull it back to the take, that's like maybe what it's done a good job of is showing that you can be successful with players like this. You still need stars. I think, to be fair, JoJo is that absolute stud. and He's kind of carrying the team right now. And Unforgiven is also very, very good. So it's not like it's five guys from Academy straight up, you know, who are like all these journeymen or something. Um, Dude, I'm going like, to go I, back. I think, oh, sorry. Go ahead. The, the final thing I was going to say is like, I just hope that like uh, in the future, if like tier two, the way I want it to be is like a team that has Kenvi and Tenacity and like those old 100 Thieves lineups just get to like smurf and look really good and then they just get picked up by LCS teams and whatever the tier 2 scene is hopefully just like 
gives players the ability to showcase their talent and have enough money in it that they're not like going broke or having to like work at McDonald's while chasing their dream. So I, I'm going to make the argument right now. And cause I brought this up or I started thinking about this when you brought up Ken V and you're like, Ken V looks like a player that might just wash out or something. I make the argument right now. If you are interested in competing in the LCS, do not join immortals. Just don't do it. Uh, and I'm going to read through a list of players that played on Immortals since uh, that have left since June 2021. All right, so we're, we're uh, two years. Revenge, Fleshy, Ablaze Olive, Power of Evil, Lost, Ignar, Arrow, Xerxy, Destiny, Wild Turtle, Insanity, Rays, and Pretty. And I think what you could say about pretty much every single one of those players is that they joined Immortals and they either stopped playing competitive League of Legends when they left because they're, they, they had such a poor showing or they when they left, they were in kind of a disgraced state and had their career like revitalized because another team picked them up. So like if you go to Immortals... It's the low point of their career. It's the low point of everyone's career in that list is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. And it's and it's a good you either, when you go when you leave Immortals, you leave and people think you were bad. You know what I mean? Um there's never a point in time where people are like, "Oh man, that guy left Immortals and he developed so much and like he's now joining a bit another team because he's like so good." No one ever, yeah. I I mean it's like revenge stuff. Like I, I know I am not Mister LCS analyst by any means, but like I am so happy to see that dude pop off. And we're gonna. Yeah. I, there's another. I don't want to go down that road because I know we've got to take about it. But um, I just like it's. I legitimately think it's a really bad career move to join that org. I there are there were always certain teams in LCS where I did hear some players that they would rather play for certain challengers teams instead of that LCS slot, and that's a problem. So. It doesn't just go for IMT, but that is a problem. And something that was very common in past off-seasons. Uh, also, Revenge tweeting out, so this is what winning feels like, sent my sides in a freaking orbit. That was so funny. Uh, so, yeah. I, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll get to, we'll get to Revenge. Funny. Anyway, thank you, Treethan. I know we, uh, went, we went all over the place, but... Uh, no, no. Enjoyable. Yeah, I, I think your conversation about EG set us off on a tangent about a lot of other things. But all good conversation. Anything you want to shout out before we... Uh, we take a quick break and maybe Mark says what he was thinking about saying. Uh, yeah. Uh, shout out to Final Fantasy 16, which is currently being played by my girlfriend and not me. And I'm incredibly jealous. Very good. That game seems sick. Have a good one. Thanks. Have a good one. Uh, Mark, what were you going to say before yeah. we take a quick break? Um, it, are you okay if we talk for five minutes? Yeah, yeah of, course, of course, of course, of course. Uh, so I, was, I we didn't really have a good take about it, about the quid situation. I wanted to pick Cubby's brain and your brain, Travis, about it. Because, like, it's not been good, but also he just got in, you know. Uh, he's, it's, you know, his first time overseas. He's a young kid in a different culture. There's, like, a bunch of reasons that it wouldn't go well, you know. But now, 100 Thieves is in a situation with a mid laner who's, who's struggling, you know. He was losing both sides of matchups. Uh, he played one yeah. side and played the other. It's like, yeah. it's not good. And part of it you can say is like nerves or like, I, I don't know the kid. I don't know what's wrong with him, you know, or if this is actually his level. But 
it's it's dicey given that it's such a short season to try and fix things. So like I I, I want to get a heat check from you too. I mean, a couple of things I want to point out just to set the context around all this is like people might say, well, yeah, but it's a short season, but like that's like it, it is irrelevant. It's not like his his visa got delayed by the start of the split. He would have been available that's as true. a player. Like the the delay in the shortened season is actually helping them. Maybe halfway through right now, if it was on schedule. Right. This would have been the wrap of week four. So, yeah. So, I don't think that... I think I just think it's really important for anybody who's looking for excuses for Hunter Thieves that they don't feel as though the walkout stuff like that helped or hurt the situation worse because, if anything, it helped. Um, So, yeah, I think there's that. And then I... I don't know, man. Like, I get it. Bjerg left. He fucking <laughs> uh, told them he was quitting and then posted a video that was pre-prepared like an hour later or whatever people say. Like, clearly the dude kind of left them up a creek but without a paddle. But I I don't know. I don't know if this was the best move. Um, let's, uh, let's throw this around. If I so first off, I think the quid will 100% should get at least like it sounds harsh, but uh, give him another week. That's there's absolutely no question that you like if they bench quid now. I think that, that I know that he was really bad and he was bad, but if, if you bench quid now, that's like that's but not who are good. you benching him for? Nuke Duck? No, well, first off, that is one option. Second off, uh, they don't. I mean, let's throw this around. What if you just try and go for insanity? He's been a decent performing mid so far. He would speak English, not an import slot. TSM have two mids. Uh, TSM are not sticking around. Uh, If you give a a wee bit of money uh, where buyouts are nothing, is that something where 100 Thieves, like, is that a realistic option for them? Why not? You know? Could go get Diplux too, but I don't know where Diplux is right now. It's it's an actual option for 100 Thieves, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm not ready to write off Quid quite yet. I would... I I, I think you, you stick with him... No matter what, for this, yeah, yeah. Oh, I, I would say like I don't know. I, I mean, we're gonna be halfway done with the split after Friday by Friday evening. Yeah, I guess I guess it would depend on like what the players want to do because I also am pretty sure that like the reason they got quid was because like they were listening to players and like who they want to play with and who they didn't want to play with in particular. Um, and I know we give a lot of shade at teams for this. Uh, you know, for overlooking NA talent. I think this is a time where, like, players also overlooked NA talent uh, when they're like, hey, who do you want to play with? I could be wrong, but that was a... I mean, you. It, I know line. nothing. I've not talked to Peter about any of this stuff, but there's a caveat. But I would be shocked if there was not dramatic player input on who they wanted to play with going into this. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't blame anyone in particular, but, you know, He's here. Um, he's 19. He's never been overseas before. He doesn't seem to speak English super well. Could be culture shock. Could just be nerves playing in an arena like this, you know, in a foreign place. Like, maybe he'll get better, but, like, it's it's scary. I mean, he did have very tough competition, which some people have noted. You know, it, it's JoJo and Eminez in his first week. Um, yeah, but then you lost Nain hard to Balulu Azir. And I watched Balulu Azir front row seat for the rest of the game, and he was not a good Azir player in those team fights. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> Balulu fell off the cliff. Good. I was like, 
I was like, damn, Balulu's gotten his ear through lane phase. And then you watch him like short the wall two or three times as he goes trying to find double lift. And you're like, oh, Balulu, I, was, I love you, uh, man. A, a bit literally at a loss for words at points uh so yeah when you have a 4k gold lead as a zero jinx milio and you throw that's not good but anyway this is about quid we got solo killed by that player quit quit had a good late game team fight or two okay yeah it was a good busio flank he followed up on but yeah that's he still blew two ults when he didn't need to that last fight anyway um <laughs> I, I think he needs look more time this nitpicker I mean, I, I, he needs more time, but like legitimately, if I'm an LCS team right now, I'm looking at TSM having two mid laners and how well Insanity's playing, and I'm really thinking to myself, like, hey, can I get this player for cheap and actually like get some help? I think Insanity's like been in the middle of the pack mid laner, which is great for TSM, and if they're actually thinking about running two mid laners or running Ruby, why not? If that's your middle of the season fix, I think Insanity, he talks a lot. Uh, I, I love how he thinks about the game, actually. I, I think that like he has really creative takes on the game, which again, I really value on teams that are not top of the standings. Uh, he's got a huge champ pool. Um, I he likes to push, which closer likes and might be missing out on right now because mid's not going well. Uh, so you know, just get graves on hundred thieves. You know, just push and let closer do his work. You know, who knows? What work is that? <laughs> exactly. He needs the push, man. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, it is true that they, they just the, their mid jungle has has nothing going for him right now, uh, and it's chicken or the eggy a little bit where you know it's like all right do i really have to cover my mid getting dove at level two as a jungler like mm -hmm. i think anyone who jungles would be like why the fuck do i need to do that again <laughs> yeah <laughs> like what it's happened level one it's and, and the fact that jojo like armeo i think said in comms that jojo said after like the first trade like i've won lane already come here <laughs> you know and so like i no jungler wants to fuck their path up to cover a dive in the first two levels because of trading in lane so i uh, but that was one game and i i haven't been i think closer are struggling i agree with yeah. you cubby that if if quid's not looking too hot in at the end of this week it would be it would make sense for hunter t to look into seeing if insanity is available i bet you nothing i bet you they play there. nuke duck if anything yeah probably not you know what i would not be surprised not it's not it that is that, the most lcs thing yeah. Ever is the North American yeah. talent is available, and for some reason, this player ends up stuck on the bench while Hunter T is like, "No, we're going to use our retired European coach." I, I will say that Nukeduck looked fine, and he did. He does play a lot of like league still, uh, and is within the team. So I, I think there are some legitimate reasons for Hunter Thieves to do that if they want to make that choice. But, do you yeah. think it's legitimate over insanity? Uh yeah, because like I you. Don't have to pay another salary. You've at least played with him once or twice before. You've talked. He's been around the org for the, for a year. You know, like yeah. Insanity comes in. What if he's What if he's an awful teammate? What if he just starts throwing shit at everyone and freaking out? You know, can you trust Insanity? I don't think so. Why do you think they're looking to use Ruby instead of Insanity? It's probably because he's a terrible human being. Well, I think we cracked the code. Well, all right. Uh, so we're gonna take a quick break right now before we get into the next caller, to talk about Black Friday in July. That's right. Sponsor of the show, Alienware, has Black Friday in July. You don't have to wait until November to get big savings on amazing Alienware products. You can get up to $800 off on select Alienware products. Black Friday in July starting June 29th, a couple days early, and going until July 20th. So that's this Thursday. Starting this Thursday, you can start to get these great deals. 
it's a, a great time, great moment to buy new reliable tech. And so I think it's fantastic uh, to, you know, I have, I have a friend, a uh, former roommate of mine, she reached out and she was asking about, oh, you know, should I grab a monitor? I need a new monitor. And I said, first off, Alienware monitors, that's where it's at. Go take a look at that. Second, wait wait a couple days because June 29th is whenever you want to start heading over to Alienware.com slash Travis. You purchase through Alienware.com slash Travis. You support the show. portion of that comes back to support TGI. And you look at these amazing deals that they've got on uh, reliable tech from Alienware. Again, up to $800 off on select Alienware products. It's a great time to be looking at their products. And uh, while you're over there, take a look at the Alienware M18, Alienware's most powerful laptop. We got one recently. We've been using it at the LCS. We got compliments this week in the press room for how big the monitor or the screen is on it. Uh, it's got a beautiful display uh, powered by NVIDIA GeForce RTX 40 series graphics. Either way, thank you so much to Alienware for sponsoring the show. Be sure to check out Black Friday in July. If you're listening to the show and it's Thursday, hit that link in the description, alienware.com slash Travis. Check out some Alienware products and, and support the show. All right. More importantly, it's my birthday, June 29th. I think that's actually where this deal came from is they heard it was my birthday and Alienware was like, let's do something special for this. That's probably true. They were like Black Friday in July. So that starts on the 1st, right? And then somebody looked at the calendar and they said, wait, it's Marxy's birthday on the 29th. We like, what are we going to do for that? What kind of promotional opportunity can we do for that? And they're like, well, wow. What if we just start Black Friday in July early and get it, get it going? Uh, Oh, Mark has left the channel. I don't have to continue on with that lie that I'm perpetuating to stoke his ego. All right. Thank you to uh, anywhere for sponsoring, but also thank you to the following subs right now. Tom Shu with the 55 months, Kanoke, uh, Sneeban, uh, Zenrock, Perchy99, and Ben the Last Airbender. We got Ron Blade here. Ron Blade, where are you calling from? From Sydney, Australia. Sydney, Ooh. Australia. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so my take is that uh, more so than in a while, uh, LCS has a bunch of great personalities, uh, player personalities specifically right now, uh, and they're a really good basis to hype up the league. Hey, I like this take. What do you? Uh, what personalities stand out to you? Uh, I mean, it, it kind of just feels like every team has at least one. Well, at least enough teams have at least one. Obviously, Cloud9 has a couple with like Sven. You put a microphone in front of him, he just immediately starts, uh, you know, producing the goods. Uh, Fudge is pretty similar. And even Blab is someone who's been a bit more quiet, but I feel like he's, you know, kind of coming into his own a bit. Actually, all of them. Anyway, Cloud9's very solid. Uh, then you've got, like, the Vulcan Ayla beef is um, pretty fun, but Vulcan's been pretty consistent for a while. Jojo Pion as well is starting to, like, I feel like he was pretty downbeat for a while, and now he's kind of starting to talk shit a bit more. And well, he had a rough spring, I think, was what what led what yeah, made his ego go away. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah, but even last year, I felt like he wasn't. He's not a content machine, right? Like he's, you know, you, I can tell that everyone is desperate for him to trash talk as much as Double F back in the day, and it feels like that's starting to happen now. Whereas maybe that wasn't as confident in the past. And I guess I just feel like there was this period where, post the OG days, where like people had to be have personalities because otherwise, why would anyone watch? Then everyone got like hyper serious about the game. I kind of blame. Yerkson for leading this NNA of like, or maybe it's really Faker's fault for not, you know, being a trash talker or whatever, but like, I feel like everyone just got very like, I'm a student of the game. I just take it very seriously. I don't go on social media. I just watch VODs, play the game, and I respect all my opponents and I respect everyone else in the league. 
And now we're finally getting back to people being like, like I'm good at this game and all these other people suck. And, uh, you know, just and not in like a negative way, I think just in a fun way. And so, you know, I think there's a real strong basis at the moment that like in any team, you can pretty much find someone to hype up and put in front of the camera and they'll deliver something for you. No, I think that's a really good call out. And I agree with you. I mean, it's been really fun. I think I, I the way I would describe it as somebody who has to create content with all these guys is that the highs are high and the lows are low. Um, and I'm, I'm curious how Mark feels about that statement. Because I think that you get a lot of players who just will give you their all and be entertaining and super fun. And you get a lot of players who are just so stoic and don't want to say anything. And it's always kind of been like that a little bit, but I feel like perhaps it's it's very much like that these days. Uh, but, you know, you don't really need the whole team to be particularly charismatic to create fandom around the the players, right? You need just a couple stars to really hype up. So, uh, I don't know. What do you think, Mark? Uh, I don't think it had anything to do with players exactly. I think, yes, you know, I, I think there's there's a case to be made that players back in the day were legitimately like great entertainers because that they had to stream to make money. There was an, uh, a cash incentive in some ways to become this good person to watch. Um, but I don't think it's like that right now. I think the reason that players seem better now than in recent years is because this broadcast has just done a better job uh, of showing it off. I can say that like, Four years ago, I didn't really think about how I could show off a certain player's personality the way that I do now. Um, there were times where we were remote with COVID or we were more like traditional sportsy, you know, where you weren't like, hey, let's strap a GoPro to this guy's head and see what he does. You know, like, I think there's a lot more attempts to just find ways to show off the players, whereas before it was like, yeah, maybe they'll join the analyst desk segment to, to break down this game. And like we didn't really guest cast with them. We didn't we didn't do a lot of stuff. So I think um it's more on the on the broadcast not getting their personalities out well you know a couple of years ago. I I will also go even down a bigger rabbit hole, or maybe more conspiracy about this, where uh the wall that you're mentioning in the call is when a lot more money came into the space, a lot more people were involved, and people were very serious about NA trying to perform to keep that money and appease VCs and do really well. I think now viewership numbers aren't quite as high, uh, money isn't quite as high behind the scenes, and people are more apt to just be like, hey, screw it, Like this is fun, do it for content, right? And I think it's like a little bit less serious from the orgs as well, where I think it's actually pushed players to actually just kind of go out there and get it. Like They kind of realize that like there's more incentive for them too because like uh, the money in the space isn't quite as much and they realize that if they are able to monetize uh, their standings in terms of like what they do on Twitter or Twitch or YouTube, then... You're saying the players. Uh, the players feel this way, Cubby. Uh, I mean, not not as much like the players. I think that it's like more from like org side, but then also players are starting to realize too, like as they get older, that they can take more of this into their hands and like use this as an opportunity to grow themselves. Um I think that the, the crop in the middle, some of them didn't realize that quite as much. And I don't think the orgs really helped them get there. Like orgs need to learn how to do that too. I think uh, I, I think the two things here are one, we're also not talking about COVID, which where it was just re yeah. really hard for two years to make any content around good personalities. Uh, but two, I think the other thing is you, you mentioned the team's starting to feel this way, Cubby. I actually do think that play, like, players are not as obtuse as we think of them uh that we think them to be and i think a lot of them know that viewership is down and i think they are 
able to think to themselves, oh, well, why is it that uh, people are caring less or reading less? And it's like, oh, because the players aren't as interesting. Oh, I'm a player. Maybe I should be more interesting. Yeah. You know, I think they finally get there after several long moments. Uh, but, yeah. yeah. Mark, you were going to say? Uh, well, I was going to say, we also talked, you and I, Travis, like off camera, I'm pretty sure, about the, like, a bunch of people who sell content when teams were, like, doing this a lot are not the people who know how to make good content. So, like, teams just made docu-series and that's it, but then they also didn't want to air the dirty laundry that you used to in, like, the yep. old docu-series. Yep. Um, and so it's just worse content than it used to be. And a lot of team content became very sterile and boring and not at all, like, an honest behind-the-scenes look. Yeah. At or, you, or anything so like you had a situation where the only content that was going out was sponsored content right where like a salesperson yeah. had said oh hey company that does data stuff we're gonna pitch you on the idea of these players that are doing data breakdown you know and like again to your point mark the content was not with microsoft teams we can see that the support csd is better i was it's not like, calling out you know i would love God. to have microsoft as a partner we we could do some really great things with them i'm not by any means, besmirching. No, I'm flaming. I'm flaming the content team who made yes. that, Travis, not Microsoft. Oh team. my god, yes. I forgot yes. about that. You don't even flame the content team. It's the sales team that sells a product to a brand. Without, I I think teams, yeah. and I see this with Riot too, by the way. Sometimes where you, the content teams are clearly not in the room when a lot of these segments and concepts are being created, and then they're being handed this thing that was created by a non-content person and the sales and, and a company that decided to buy it and then they have to create it and it's just not as good it's not as good so you you really need people that can create cool stuff to uh to do two cool things roundabout way of saying to the caller uh maybe players were slightly less interesting in like the middle lcs years but it, it was there's probably a lot of other stuff contributing to I think you guys put it in more eloquent ways what I was trying to say with like what happened when the money came in, like with more specifics. Cause yeah. yeah. Cubby, what you're saying is when the money came in, they could afford uh, people to do media coaching and now they can't afford those people anymore. So the players actually talk normally. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> but I, I think Ron Blade, I think yours is a good call out though. Right. Which is a reminder to look, there are people more and more I see them every day where they seem to get like erotic pleasure from shitting on the LCS. You just see them show up in like discords or Reddit threads or Twitch chats where like, you know, it could just, you get, it's like, Oh, Hey, uh, I really like that segment that LCS did. And people, somebody goes, Oh, but that, that segment is such a cringe attempt at saving this dead league where, like, the segment might be good, but LCS players are going to fucking suck when they get to Worlds, and oh my god, no one's watching this dead league, and blah, 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 and it's just like... Um, Keep going, I'm close. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> and I... It's like, <laughs> what? Where did this come from? And, oh like, my god. It's a weird... It's a weird, weird thing where you could just talk about anything like uh, you know oh I really like this dunk tank thing or something like that and people will be like well I hope you like dunks because that's what's going to happen to the NA teams when they go to worlds blah 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 and you're, it's it's a weird kind of one track mind um, and that's not to say that there aren't criticisms and that 
you can't come out and be like, yeah, you know, North America's like, let's talk about expectations for worlds and stuff. But it's like you you see it instantly. You feel it instantly whenever you see one of these comments because it's just like they're diverting something to like the most lame, boring talking point that is completely irrelevant. And uh, it's it's bizarre. And, and I, I will say there are the people who do that and you can almost feel like the intent that you're talking about where there's other people who are like, I don't like this, man. Like, I miss when it was just about the games or the, like, you know, there, there are people who legitimately liked the other style that the LCS had in the past who don't like this new stuff. But, like, I feel like you can tell the difference between, like, the boomer who doesn't like the new stuff or doesn't connect with them and then also, like, the edgelord who's like, this is cringe and lame, idiots. You know, like, yeah. those two are different people to me, even if they're both saying they don't like the new... Thing. Yeah, yeah, I think, exactly. I think there are people who come out and say, like, oh, I don't like this content because I miss when they were doing more game analysis or whatever. And that's somebody who I'm like, okay, I get it. This is reasonable. But the person that's just like, lol, NA sucks. I'm just, I'm like, all right, I don't, what what does this have to do with the segment? Uh, but all, all of this to say, Ron Blade, I'm happy you are pointing this out because there is a lot of negativity. And just pointing out that like, yeah, we do have players that are fun and interesting and all that stuff is, is a very good call out. So thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Oh, damn, I didn't think about shout-outs. Uh, I guess just shout-out LCS. Like, I feel like, yeah, it's been week after week of Doomerism, and I'm like, are we watching the same thing? It's like, the players are fun, the teams are fun, uh, the, the show is fun. I don't, anyway, so, um, yeah. Uh, and shout-out to you guys uh, for, you know, taking up several hours of my week every week. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, spend more time with you than I do most of my friends. So, appreciate it. As it should be. Me too, sadly. All right, thanks so thanks so much for the call. I'll catch you later. Isn't this isn't this spending time with your friends, Mark? Isn't that what we're doing right now? No. Oh, yeah. All my friends pay me to appear. You're right. Ah, I see. Okay, maybe you get the next caller. Uh, thank you to Bod Kips and Shavul and so many things for the subs. Really appreciate it. Mark is off grabbing the next caller, and he'll be back very shortly. We've got about 30 minutes left in the show. And we got Gyro Joestar. Is that how you say it? Yeah, that's cool. Okay. I'm just going to call you Joe. Joe, where are you calling from? Uh, Houston, Texas. Houston, Texas. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, my take is that EG is going to finish in first place uh, at Woo! the end of the regular season and playoffs. And that people are underestimating their trajectory. Man, we are getting a lot of EG talk calls tonight. I've and not as many flight quest ones, which I kind of surprised there'd be there'd be more there. But we're hopping on the positivity train. I, I, <laughs> I think, to, I think that the unless there's like haters of a team, they're not there to talk about. Like we didn't get a like I was looking for a hundred thieves call. The reason I brought it up is I didn't find it because I just think like when fans teams are doing shit, they just like don't want to be here. <laughs> they don't want to come on the show. Who wants to talk about flight quest right now? Come on, where where are our callers? I guess maybe what's true is FlyQuest do doesn't have any haters. You know, whenever TSM's not doing well, everyone loves to call in. But maybe FlyQuest doesn't have the haters that celebrate. All right. Yeah, so, been good long enough, yeah. Joe, why don't you elaborate a little bit on your take? Why do you think that they're going to do so well? Um, yeah, I think that they had a lot of changes. And I think JoJo being their only retaining player and him slumping at the end of the year uh, means – or the end of the last split means that they – really were kind of below most teams. So I think the fact that they all came together, started scrimming, and were able to not only get to be decent, but to be at the top of the LCS after playing most of the quote-unquote better teams besides C9, 
uh, means that they also have a lot of room to still grow. Like they, they've only been together for a small amount of time. Um, so I think that the hands wise, they have already passed the hands check. I mean, if you look at the CSD, which is usually a pretty good indicator of how well someone's doing, uh, Unforgiven and JoJo are almost always like just up 10, 15 CS for no reason, it seems like. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, I think they're just, they have the hands and the talent and they are all super hungry, uh, which is also really important, which is why I edge them over C9. I think that they want it more. So it's like they have, they have more room to grow and they're already tied with C9 who we've seen, we've perhaps seen what they are capable of, or they're already close to their ceiling, I guess is what you would say. Yeah. I think C9, I mean, it's not probably a good thing to say this, but I think C9 doesn't care nearly as much about proving themselves in LCS. I think. They're going to do really well because they're really good. But I think they're kind of really looking towards Worlds and trying. That's when they were going to see them like in the same state that EG is now of gotcha. trying really hard and stuff. All right. So uh, let's go with you, Cubby, because I've been throwing a mark first for some of these. What What do you think of this? Do you think EG can win the whole split? Uh, I, I'm usually in the camp where... They play C9 next week, and they haven't beaten C9 yet, so I'm going to still favor C9. And I think that C9 has been playing better games. I think that part of the reason they dropped the game they did this week is that they still are playing Yumi. I think Yumi is was not good on this patch. I think Bilio is still play, playable, not Yumi. Um, and then for me, EG, I mean, it's kind of funny, because like, I was talking with EG like while they were playing their game on day three, and they're like, Is that legal? And I'm pretty sure they're, if they're playing their game, you can't be talking to them, Cubby. No, like okay, well the the staff, I know the org, okay. uh, you know, but they're like, how are we five to one? Like they're like, how are we winning these games? It feels like teams are just kind of running into us, you know, uh, and they're winning, which uh, was pretty funny. Uh, so I do think frauds. I don't think they're frauds. I just hey, think JoJo that, said all the other teams are frauds. I I think that they, I mean JoJo is leading the league in gold at fifteen. I think he's over one k in mid, which is ridiculous. So JoJo has been better than everyone else, but. I need to see more out of EG still. I, I have high hopes for this roster. I said on um, my own podcast, Raising NA, that I thought that they would go to Worlds after week one. That was my like overreaction. And I have a lot of faith in Armeo and Ayla. I think that they're a really solid duo. Like You say that they don't... like This team hasn't played together a lot yet, but those guys played together for two years. Uh, and I think they work... I've, I've seen them work together like you know full hand. I got to sit in their practice, and I, I think very highly of those two. Uh, so I'm hoping that the team can kind of continue to perform around them. I think Unforgiven... Excited to see him go up against Berserker because I mean, Berserker is the guy to beat in the bot lane if you're in the LCS. So I want to see how they stack up. But um, yeah, it should be fun. Um, but EG looks good. I don't know if they're going to be that good, but uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I think um, the first round Robin has had a lot of surprises. I think throwing out whatever's going on with FlyQuest, I think Golden Guardians are still very good. Um, yep. They had a bit of a rough first week. They were still trying to play Lucian Nami. They played tough opponents. I think they played C9 and EG that week, and EG, as we know now, is, is quite good. So the fact that they're four and two is like not that surprising. If they end the first round robin with like yeah, I don't know six and three record or five and four record, which would be a little disappointing, but like I th I think that they are they're going to be fine. I'm I'm quite confident in them to keep doing well, uh, and it makes it an interesting race for first. That like to your point. I think C9 holds that title until they kind of get knocked off it, either because they start slumping and dropping more games or someone just rips off a better win streak than them. Uh, otherwise, I think you can kind of just assume that they're the better one. But that said, I, I do think EG have a title, like, potential, because it does, I, there's not that, like, a clear number two to me currently. And I will say the premise of this call, I don't ultimately agree with, even though I, I agree they have title potential. Like, 
I don't think getting good at League of Legends is like a super linear thing. I, I'm not sure if getting good at anything is that linear, but like especially not League of Legends as a team. Some people like they load up and they see the game the same way immediately and it's like sick. They just have that kind of like inbuilt understanding of how the, they want to play the games and team fights out and drafts and all these things. Uh, some teams really need to work at that. And just because like they started hot, it doesn't mean that they suddenly have a higher ceiling just because they started, they, they've had less time to ramp up um, in that sense. So like there's teams that I coached where we really struggled and we did have to ramp up, but like we were struggling. I don't know if we just like started hot that like we would have also just continued up into the right, given that there's like these patches that come in and people slump or don't slump, you know, like the thing is people adapt too. So like, you don't know who's going to be a threat on EG through the first week and a half or two. Like they've played for two fucking weeks publicly, you know, like, yeah. all right, now we know that we have a bit of data. Jojo has the highest jungle proximity in the league. He has 25% jungle prox. A quarter of the early game, Armeo is in his back pocket, hugging his ass. So if you're going to do anything around mid lane, you know this now. And smart teams will start like changing how they play, changing what they ban, uh, changing their approach to the entire game. And if it turns out that the only way EG can win is when Jojo hulks out, Jojo's averaging like 20 CSD right now in like every single game. It's yeah, not just like he's, he had he's one fisting. loss. He's fisting, yeah. Yeah, so like if he falls off, like what happens to EG? Like you don't, you can't guarantee that Jojo wins every fucking lane phase by 20 CSD. That's not going to stick long term, unless he I really joking, is just like the goat. I jokingly told told Raz that uh, EG are the Miami Heat and Jojo is Jimmy Butler. It's like everyone else around them is like kind of like pieces like putting together. You know, like Unforgiven is the only one that's like really proven, uh, but it's kind of like you know can they make it work? And I think Jojo has to be him if they want to actually you know go as far as uh, hold the trophy at the end of the split, so. Yeah. Anyways, all that is to say, like, yeah. I agree that they're really good, but there are these other shoes that could drop. I I agree with you, Joestar, on one big thing, which is why I disagree with you on most of your take or your broader take, which is I think it is very true that EG is probably putting all of their heart into these games right now, and C9, there's a good chance, are not doing the same. And... I think it's because C9 probably feels really cocky. They feel really confident. They're coming off MSI. They know they want to pace themselves. They anticipate going to Worlds, etc. On the other hand, you have EG, where Jojo knows he has to prove himself. Like You can go watch the interview that I did with him today to see the conversation and sort of where his head was at and how he knew that he was sucking in spring and needed to come back. You have Revenge, who's like, oh, thank God, the shackles are off. I could... <laughs> I can." I could potentially win. You got a bunch of players that are just wanting to do everything they can to win. I think the thing is, is like that's not going to be the same. That gap in enthusiasm and commitment is not going to be the same in playoffs. Like if you do get EG versus C9 on the finals stage in New Jersey, you aren't going to get a situation where like C9 is like, meh, we're whatever, we're going to Worlds. Like they're going to be, you know, they drop that first game to EG. They're all in on the next one, right? And with the double elimination bracket, all this stuff, like, I just don't see a world where, like, C9 keeps taking things as casually as they are now, assuming they're taking things casually, um, which I think is a fair assumption. And so I, I think that's where things are going to happen. And that's setting aside the fact that, like, yeah, these EGs played six games together. They're all best of ones. Like, there's a world where they play 
five games in a single match in playoffs, right? Like it's everything's going to change whenever you get into these best of series. So I don't know. I think it would be a really cool storyline if EG does uh, end up winning, but I think I'm just nowhere near the confidence level that you have um, in part because of one of the points that you raised. Right. So um, either way, no, I, I do appreciate the, the call though. Anything that you would respond to before we give you your shout out? Um, yeah, I guess my quick response was the thing that I would like to draw attention and, and what gave me the most confidence in UG was in particular their TL game, uh, the Baron play where they mm -hmm. basically started Baron and pretty much every co-streamer, everyone was like, what are they doing? Why are they starting Baron? They're like half HP. Uh, and then they like five, five man ace, uh, TL for free. Um, and I feel like that decisiveness and that aggression, like they, they were, the goal gap was like a 1500, nothing significant. Um, was it isn't really something that I see, especially so early on from any NA teams pretty much ever. So I think that that combined with the fact that I just straight up think that JoJo and Unforgiven are like probably two of the best players in the league right now um, is why I have faith in UG. But, but that would be my only counterpoint. Yeah. We, you never know. You never know out here. <laughs> no, I do. But I do appreciate it. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to our next caller? Uh, shout out Alienware. And uh, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah. Thank you so much for the call. We'll catch you next time. Um, thank you. All right. We are on to our next caller. Mark is off to grab him. Uh, Love some of the, the positive fan takes we've had. No one wants to wants to be too negative today, you know? Yeah. No, I know. Embrace positivity in NA. That's that's new. But everything's been weird the last few weeks. Hotline League does have some of the more positive takes usually from callers. But yeah, yeah I, I agree. Uh, hey, if that. you are watching this live right now, please do me a favor. Move your cursor over your screen, like where I'm talking. See if a little purple crown pops up. Click that. And then I'm just trying to test and see if this works. But uh, if it says uh, Prime Sub, please click that. I just need to see if the, that works. Oh. Uh, Kaz and Ann is here. Kaz, where are you calling from? Vancouver, BC. Vancouver, BC. I'm going to be there. Actually, this is a good, good time for me to call it. I'm going to be there in two weeks for a... Actually, wow, less than two weeks. I'm going to be there in like 10 days for a wedding. Uh, and that Sunday night, I'm looking to see, I'm, I might be trying to, to hit up a, an LGS and see if people want to play Magic with me. But what do you want to talk about in the show? Uh, okay, so this is for the all the FlyQuest, uh, how do you say it, fans? Um, my take uh, was that this FlyQuest 06 start to the split is the most disappointing start in LCS history. Ooh. Oh, wow. Okay, go ahead, elaborate. Yeah, so I've got, I've got a couple of kind of points, uh, but I'll start with the first one. Um, what were we saying about uh, Vikla and Prince in spring? We were hyping Some them up so We were hyping them up so much. And they I think some were saying Prince was the they, best import ever to North America. Yeah, like what I'm saying is like we come to summer, it's supposed to be the best. What's going on? Um, uh, I mean, some people said that shit. I called that out immediately when I read those things on the dive. I called that out here. I was like, you are trolling if after nine weeks you're saying, or like four weeks you're saying this. Um, so from that perspective, I never bought in that much, but I, I think it's an interesting thought experiment. Is there any team that's been more disappointing off the rip? I can think of one, but I, I wonder if anyone else can, can point any out. I'm trying to think of teams 
didn't Cloud9 have a split where they were hyped well and then they just did terribly for like the first half of the split and then they climbed back out? Was that well? They they did the big benching. Is that you're talking about? Where they yeah. Well, the bench, but the benching actually worked out okay for them. I thought there was another year. Like wasn't wasn't one of the perks splits a disaster? TSM Yellow Star is a good shout. Yeah, Sword Art was also pretty disappointing when he came over, but the team had a lot but of. But that's weird individuals. Yeah, no, that, that team was fine though. Yeah. Like they played mid to late game really well, like around Dragon still too. I'm trying like, to think of a time where you had a, a team that was expected to place top two, and then goes zero six in the first three weeks. Who were failed super teams? So the, the one that jumps to mind for me NRG is with GBM. Like, but I was NRG really a super team. No, really, but they tried. Yeah, they tried. They, tr they tried. I, but like, so the one that jumps to my mind is twenty twenty spring TSTL. Is that the one where Double F says spring split doesn't matter and into that team into ninth? Yeah, yeah, that is a very big one. So people are saying C nine twenty twenty. What was the C nine? Because that's I think no, that I remember a COVID year. That that was a collapse. They did. Yeah, that was the summer collapse. They did not start poorly and then become good or anything. They murdered they, spring. They were like, yeah, they were like undefeated in spring. Basically, they, they won. They lost a couple of games. They absolutely ran spring, and then they started the first round robin. I think again, like eight and one or some shit, and then fell off a cliff. Okay. But that was that was not to start. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think the most disappointing collapse for me is still that seventeen and one Immortals team that went to playoffs. Played yeah, but that's a collapse. Yeah, we're yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. like that's, that's that's the biggest collapse, not a start. Yeah, yeah. I um I I think that this tight take might actually be right. Is there a worst? It's a bad. More. The problem is, it's really like bad. it might not be true. It would be easy for this to be wrong if only because you don't remember when a team starts so bad and then they like recover and stomp right. And like the same thing could happen here where FlyQuest turns things around and they just start shitting on everyone for the rest of the split. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if this has happened before. It's just not memorable because then the team eventually makes worlds and everybody's, like, completely purges from their brain that the the rough start started happened that way. So, How how bad was the start for 100 Thieves when they decided to bench someday for Fake God? Like, uh, I don't know how magically fixed the team there. It, it was kind of bad, but I also remember they had, like, Ryu, right? Yeah. Or was it Saligo mid? No, they brought Ryu back. It was Saligo mid. Yeah, they brought mid, Ryu right? back. Yeah. Because they need an import slot. So they bench someday, bring him fake gods so they can get a better mid laner. Yeah. But like, were people really stoked about that team with Saligo mid? Back then, Saligo was the Vlad player. Now now he's he's evolved. To, to the point about FlyQuest, it was like all of them were hypothetically like top three-ish in their position last split. Vikla maybe being the odd man out. But like everyone else seemed very good. And they're all just terrible now. And they're, they haven't won a game. That, yeah, that's 100 Thieves team to that point too. I bet they won a game in their first six. What year was that? I th This is like borderline worst starts of summer. Because like I think no teams went 9 right? And this is a team that everyone universally had top three. And we're sitting, going in, like, we're 06. Optic with Crown, they, they still won games, though, off his TF. I remember he was playing, like, Rod, Comet, TF, and I was disgusted by it, but they won. 
don't know which sport I also remember that. not believing in optic. I remember I was one of the people who was like, I don't think they're going to be that good just because they got crowned, y'all. I yeah. think I was a hater on that team. And then yeah. I ended up being right about it. All right. So FlyQuest plays this week. Is is a bit of a tangent. And since this is our FlyQuest take, they play TL, they play Energy, Ouch. and they play Immortals. I did. They're they're getting a win this week. They are. They're if if they lose to Immortals, I feel like that is just like if they walk out of this week 09, Like, what do you do as FlyQuest? Like, it, it's almost to the point where like you have to change something to change something. I I, I think that like they can realistically go two one. Like, I think is two one the expectation though. Like after the start, because I think NRG until like their last game against C nine has had games where they have looked equally as like bad. The energy not looking but too hot. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, first things first. Hundred Thieves went one in three to start in that spring split where they had to drop someday for Fake God. Okay. Um, but also for this team, like at this point, like I don't think Immortals is great, but they're not like absolute dog water. Like Tactical can play well. The Tactical is playing Salute. much better this split. Yeah. Yes. Solo's fine topside. Balulu has his good games. Like there's times where you know you roll the dice and things come up good for for immortals and they're actually kind of hard to beat so like if FlyQuest is still playing like dog water like yeah they could they could realistically drop either that game or the nrg one and be one and two and even if you win two you're still two and seven which is like basically yeah. out of any significant but threat I'm you, you can build something off that and i know that like FlyQuest from scrimbucks at least are doing well and like they're scrimming more so like they're working hard to like get out of it and make sure like they're better on stage it, that, that's What's like the, the weird thing to everyone. What's the change? I don't know. It's like sacrifice the coach. Who knows? Everyone in the chat's going to say like promote win some. I'm telling you guys right now, uh, I don't think this is realistic to happen, but for me, Yuji and Masu are the better performers on their challengers teams. Like those are the two pieces where I think moving forward, like they actually, uh, Masu is going to be an LCS player next split. Do either of them speak Korean? Uh, Yuji is from Mongolia. Likely doesn't speak Korean. Masu does not. Because uh, but I yeah. think... There's a consideration that maybe Prince needs a needs Korean some for Korean support yeah. player. It could be. Um, it could also be, and one thing I maybe is true with Winsome. I don't know him, his personality at all, but like maybe he's just like a really easygoing guy, and will you know just like make things work from a like personality management standpoint. I've heard that like Ayla has strong opinions on the game. I'm sure Vulcan does, you know, and like sometimes much like I was saying with the TL stuff last week, like a addition by subtraction, you know, it's like just having someone who's going to go with the flow and do what Prince wants or whatever. And I don't know, like maybe it does help. Just that, that is true. And everyone's different. I will say that Ayla and Unforgiven have meshed pretty well early on. So that is yeah. different. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not to say that it was bad. It's just right. that yeah. he had. But I think, I think there yeah, is yeah. a fair consideration here where it's like, Ayla came in and everybody kind of dogged on Ayla. And then most prominently Vulcan. And then yeah. Vulcan comes over. It has the same situation as Ayla. And you start to go, okay, maybe it's not the support that's the component here that is like the problem. Not to say Prince is quote unquote a problem, but perhaps like Winsome was the opportunity there. I mean, I. I, Vol no. people seem to be pretty critical of Vikla. Is there a world where they we were talking about insanity earlier? Do you, is oh. there a world where we get fly insanity? Who knows? I I don't know. I I really don't know like what mid laner you can bring in that fixes things for fly. 
I think it's that I, that's one where you have to like live with it and hope it gets better because it's not it has not been good. But yeah, you live with it. You don't think I, there's a you, you make any changes in mid. I, I mean, I like looking at their challenger squad again. I don't think Spyrax would be like ready. Uh, like like the two players that I actually think are the strongest on the team are Yuji and Masu, and I don't expect either of them to step up. They're just given like who are they they would be replacing. Uh, that's the tough thing about Fly again. Like it seems like everything behind the scenes is like fine. They just aren't winning stage games, and they look terrible in stage games. Like that, the clip of LS Malding, like them hitting that turret, is so funny to me because it's like again, it's like who is calling things in mid game? Like it's just like that's a. It, it's almost like the TL problem from last split. Like they always said, like they just win scrims so hard, and then like on stages it got lost in the middle, right? Uh, like that's almost what it feels like for FlyQuest. Like it's not like they are throwing games early. It's just like mid game happens, and they just just like five players playing a different game yeah i feel like i feel like the more likely thing is what you said if this seems like one and eight or something and you know or even two and seven but not looking good change coach unless the players yeah unless the players love song which is possible i yeah. think like you just like have to reset environment somehow hope for yeah. a honeymoon phase in the second round robin and yep. rip off a bunch of wins it's it's so sad but like that's the tough part about this team it's like what do you change right it's it's really it's like actually really hard to like figure out like hey what makes this work right yeah, yeah. Zach, the coach. The, it's, the, it's, the, the, the tail is old as time, baby. Yeah, especially because like the strongest part of that about that challenges roster again is Masu. Like Masu will be an LCS player next split uh, if he keeps up with this right for sure. Uh, so that's that's pretty. Like I don't think you change out him for you know the star, like Prince is the star and the guy, right? So that's tough. Uh, I I have a I have a name for you guys if you guys are interested. What is it, Bjergsen? Get him no. back, Spika. No, no, no! You're asking who needs to be subbed out if it continues to go to shed. It's, it's, it's clear. It's Spica. Think about it. That you know, everybody talks about the the nine man sleep. Nobody asked, was that a good move to go in there? Everybody else wasn't expecting that engage from Spica back at Worlds, the famous TSM nine man sleep. Nobody asked, was Spica correct in that move? Um, a lot of people actually did back then. I don't know if you remember the discourse around it because initially Doublelift defended that take by saying that like they shouldn't, like they couldn't go in there because like the Senna Shroud and then a bunch of other people were like, bro, you absolutely could have gone in there. And it was Speaker. a whole big discussion. Um, I, I I think that's, that's, that's a pretty tinfoil hat theory. I appreciate it, but uh, I think... Uh, you know, people did talk about that play. Speaker in the chat says, my bad for trying to win there. <laughs> Wait, he just said that? Yes. <laughs> well, uh, I got to say, just it, my plan the entire time, Kaz. I hope you learned Kaz, your fucking lessons, Speaker. Stop trying to win. Please. My plan, Kaz, is to completely disagree with you on this. How dare you suggest Speaker should be out that is the <laughs> one shining star of that team and i completely i completely think that uh speaker uh, is the last player you would you would remove out from that team the, the one shining usa flag that, that, that is that what you're trying to say <laughs> yes Travis? exactly uh anyway thank you god bless america fourth of july all right kaz uh what do you want to shout out before we go on to our last call tonight just want to shout out TGI. Uh, you guys are the basically the only thing keeping me interested in the LCS at this point. I uh, it's really hard to watch. 
Does, <laughs> do you mean the broadcast is hard to watch? <laughs> like, what is hard to watch? No, no, FlyQuest, FlyQuest specifically. So oh, okay. You're a FlyQuest like, fan. I like the rest of rest of LCS, but it's just FlyQuest. Like, it's really hard to watch the games. Gotcha. It, it has been a bummer to watch them start 06. When when do I start? I've never taken money from Riot. When do I start blackmailing them and being like, "Listen, I'm I'm at least keeping 15k of these viewers on this 32k stream." Uh, all right, thank you, Kaz, for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Oh wait, you shout out TGI. Uh, thank yeah. you so much. As my brain's falling apart now that we're we're two minutes over the time, uh, but we'll catch you next time. Thanks for the call. And good night. Yeah. All right, we got our last caller coming in. We got uh, Dr. Professor Sergeant Mr. J. Thank you for the sub. Uh, Polly550 gifted a sub. Tara Prawn, uh, Poop Hubert, and more. And by the way, Clora Strokeless, got to say, you're not counting the people who watch the VOD or listen to the podcast. We got Michael Don here. Michael, where are you calling from? Calling from middle of nowhere, Utah, soon to be somewhere, Utah. Ooh, you're moving. Yep. Or is the or or are they just doing a lot of development in your area? I'm moving okay. soon. I I just heard Rafa through my wall go Utah Poggers uh, as he is from Utah. So yeah, uh, he's in, yeah. yeah. That's well, great. Mark once yeah. famously got excited and asked a very interesting question. Whatever he learned, Rafa was from Utah. What do you want to talk about on the show, Michael? What is interesting? But I think it's a normal question. Okay, I am here because I think revenge is ready to be upgraded from underrated to just the best LCS top laner. The best LCS top laner. All right. How can he be the best LCS top laner when Rich is in the LCS and he's the best player in the world? All right. Michael, Michael, go ahead and expand on your revenge thing before we address Mark's HOTS fandom. Sure. Okay. Um, So we haven't even finished the first full round Robin yet, so it is a little premature. But I think Revenge has just been doing a very good job in relatively isolated 1v1s based on Armeo and JoJo's playstyle. Um, he has mostly been playing tanks, but his average CSD is positive, and he has, he's 50-50 ahead or behind. So that usually that means even when he's playing tanks, he's usually ahead, which is honestly just kind of disgraceful to all the other shops in the LCS. He's just better. Mark, uh, who are our contestants to compete for the spot right now? Fudge, Dig, Summit, oh, yeah, Dig, uh, Rich, Summit, and Fudge. I feel like the other three up there right now. All right. Yeah. So Summit is an interesting point. It could have just been a bad game when they just played, because I think TL personally is a better team at the moment. But they just had a bad game. Copium, it's fine. Um, but he was actually, uh, if I remember right, he was pretty consistently like. 10 CS up over Summit in the Nar Renekton matchup, which is usually considered pretty Nar favored. All right. This is, uh, I mean, I love this take because people know that I've been championing revenge as a a man. Oh, shit, Licorice. I am so dumb. I totally forgot Licorice is popping off as well. He's been, he's been playing good this point, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, that Yona game was pretty hot, yeah. But I, I mean, a lot of people have known for a while that I have been, I've been like, get revenge out of Immortals to see what he can do. So the fact that this conversation is starting within the first two weeks, I think, is, is cool. Cubby, how outlandish is this conversation? Do you think it's a fair one to be having, or is it? Are we getting ahead of ourselves? 
Uh, I mean, I think that he was underrated because for me, he was a middle of the pack top pointer on a bad team. And for me, he's now a middle of the pack top pointer on a good team. Ah. And I think that that's how it's going to stay. So that yeah, is I, such a boring but correct answer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I, I mean, I think that revenge right now is like he's a role player, uh, and I think that that's probably what he's going to be in the team, uh, especially if they keep on just playing through mid, which is a winning formula so far. And with how the meta is, it's still bot winners are really strong. Um, I think revenge has vent revenge has done his job, which is what you need to do. Uh, so I, I I can't really criticize him for that, but I would still think that like summit the Karish rich. I would even make an argument that like someday. Is still performing okay, uh, like I, I think that, like I, okay, I'd put him like on the same level as that. Like Fudge goes above him, so he's middle of the pack. Like I think he drops to summit the Karish Rich at the moment. Impact I expect to scale, so he does his job, and that's I good. Think Fudge yeah. is also overrated. He's oh, still, okay, okay, he's, he's good, but I think Blabber covers up a lot of his weaknesses really well. Uh, oh god, this is such a this is such a good take right at the end of the show. Um, I I I agree actually what you said about some someday in the sense that like the team's kind of on fire around him, and I think yeah. you, put, you know anyone in that situation who's not like insano, you're, you're going to struggle too. Yeah. Um, and I actually also agree with the caller that Fudge is. I don't think I can say he's overrated. I just don't think he's having like his best split by any notion. He's, I think he's, he's randomly he's died fine. a little bit too much. Yeah, he he's still fine. He's not yeah. playing outright bad. Um, I still put him but, in the top three, I think. Yeah, he 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 went for me like the de facto best top player in the LCS, like on and off for the past couple of years. You know, like, and I mean, he was mid for a little bit, so he couldn't have been then. But like, he's he's been really good for a long period of time. I feel like this is one of his weaker splits in recent memory, but it's still good. It's not like he's bad. Um, I think it's actually a really hot fight for like best top laner. I think. I think if I had to, we were talking about this on the dive earlier today, but like if we were going to do it right now, I would probably go like rich, uh, licorice, uh, fudge, maybe in that order. Um, or no, summit shit. Like I don't even think fudge is on there. This, I, this split right now. I think at the moment for me, it's summit, licorice, and rich, not in that order, but those three yeah. are the first three. And then whatever order you pick between that, I'd probably go summit, rich, licorice, but. I think after that, I think those three have to be your first three based on what we've seen in the first third of the season, and then you go to the rest. Yeah. So to that point, like it's it's hard for Revenge to punch in, given that he is role-playing a little bit right now, where he's just Scion, Tank Duty. It was nice to see him play the, uh, the Renekton. But I think if he wants to break into that conversation, which he can, I think it's possible for him to break into top three, he needs to kind of do what Licorice did last split when he gets off this like weak side supporter guy and starts having interesting weak side counters again. Um, cause I, I know he can do that. I, I think what really elevated golden guardians was when licorice stepped up and started playing the Gwens, the Cassantes, the, you know, um, Yone's, whatever it is, you know, like once he started expanding his champion pool rumble and these things, it brought a new dimension. And that's something that I think EG will need come playoff time. So, you know, revenge can, can go up this list if he keeps playing well on the tanks, but also has like this wrinkle. Rumble should be played in the new patch, by the way. I, I think rumble's being really slept on right now. I so, also yeah. think Revenge has been better in team fights than a lot of the other top laners have. I think Summit and Rich have notably been better in team fights, but then I think Revenge is also really good there too. Like he 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 just for some reason top laners in LCS are just bad at like 
positioning well in fights and actually buying space, Revenge is actually doing that really well. Like if you watch the Team Liquid game, like um, he, like near the end, he instantly dives onto uh, Yawn when um, Core has that sick engage in bot lane towards the end. Like he instantly dives on Yawn and he like single-handedly saves the fight there. Because um, if he didn't like flip that switch instantly, then uh, Team Liquid probably just would have aced that fight. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that that's definitely a strength of Revengers right now. Well, I guess we'll have to see how things continue to progress over the course of the split. But uh, yep. regardless, I'm excited. versus EG this week. We'll find out. Yeah, that <laughs> is actually so hype. I really like that we have that. Which day is it? It is on. Friday is it? Yeah, fr- opening match on Friday. Thing, yeah. I do think one of the fun parts for that. One of the fun parts about that is that I remember when I hopped in the LCS week four of last split. Uh, there was a segment you guys did with Fudge where you ranked top winners like based on like big Fudge tiers, and he actually yeah. ranked Revenge a little bit higher than what most people would think. And I think that was kind of the start of the conversation. Where, like I've always felt like Revenge was a, like okay top winner. It's not on a great team, uh, and I think that was the start of the conversation where like it kind of picked up around like hey Revenge is actually. I think he executes his lanes decently well. Like, he is a player that is not bad on Immortals, right? So I think, for me, it's like his play is still pretty similar uh, from like what I saw. If anything, it's like I don't look at him as much because his team's just better and his team's doing a lot of things around him. But it is fun that like he gets to go up against C9 in the tied for first matchup where I think Fudge yeah. is one of the first players actually started to give him some more props publicly. So that's good. I mean, we'll see, we'll see if they're tied for first by Friday. I hope they are. By the way, just random aside, I cannot figure out what LCS programming wants to be because for a while they were moving the hype matches to the end of the day. Yes. Then Fight this, night schedule. Please. Then this week I look and like the hype matches are at the beginning of the day. So I don't understand. Maybe they're just experimenting, but I, I, it's like, what do you, which one is it? Is it better to have them at the start or at the end? I don't know. Mark, you, you better be my mole in there for fight night schedule. Who can say? <laughs> Ooh. Who, who, who you can think say what's going on? Mark anywhere? has any influence on the inside of the LCS? This man you, shows up, films a game show, trolls some players, you, and then goes straight home. Make, right? Makes up you his think own I, rules. <laughs> you think I give a fuck about the LCS at all? I'm just here to support my cats. It's a paycheck to me. <laughs> uh, all right. Anyway, thank you so much, Michael, for the call. Anything you want to shout out? Yeah, uh, so first, shout out Energy DeMonte. Uh, join his Discord, he's really cool. Uh, second, shout out um, the uh, the stream that you're continuing later after this. Everybody make sure to stick around for that. I mean, you could say Magic the Gathering. Uh, A strategic stream. final caller. Well done. Yeah. Good, good pull, Mark. I met, I met uh, Michael at a Magic event last last November, the first one I went to. And you can't give Mark credit because this was the one caller I pulled uh, tonight. So I... Uh, you, you gotta I wonder it. why. <laughs> anyway. I wonder how he ended up here. Hey, I didn't strategically put him at the end as the last caller, though. That was... Michael, cho- right. or, uh, Michael was chosen by Mark in the order uh, that Mark determined. Either way, yeah, stick around, everybody, because we're going to be doing a sponsored stream, but it's going to be a cool sponsored stream, so please stick around. Uh, but yeah, thank you. Anything else, Michael? Uh, yeah, shout out LCS. That C9 EG game should be a banger. So yeah. everybody make sure to watch it. 
Yes, please watch the LCS. Dear God, please watch also the LCS. watch watch Thursday game three. We're doing a dive cast. Spoilers. Kobe, oh, also, me, and Azale are casting a game together. One last shout out. Shout out DRX. They finally won a match. Longtime DRX fan. They finally did it. Let's go. Yeah, against Nongshim, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I wouldn't get too excited about that win, you know. But, it, hey, it's, that's a, good. it's a win. We it's take a start. Those. Yeah, it's a start. Paddock, Paddock looks awesome, honestly. Oh, yeah. All right. Anyway, thank you so much, Michael, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Yep, see ya. That is the show. Now, Thursday, Thursday Game 3 is Dig TSM. That's the, the dive cast? Yeah, it's the dive cast. All right. I the Zales will... play by playing. I'll be on site on Thursday. So oh, really? Fun. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, thank you so much, Cubby, for being on. I hope you had a good time. Um, Mark, before I give Cubby a shout-out, what do you want to shout-out? Shout-out Natsume for being such a cutie patootie. Um, that's it. That's his animal, by the way, for those that are confused. Aww. It's not like some random person that Mark is it's not like a pet name for his fiance. Anyway, Cubby, what do you want to shout out? Uh, shout out to the LCS team for having me this past week. Always a pleasure. And everyone that works behind the scenes is always like really supportive, really nice. Uh, so it's always fun. Uh, and then shout out to Challengers League. Uh, so LCS underscore Challengers and Path to LCS. It's every Saturday, Sunday, Monday at 11 or 1 p.m. Pacific. We start up the games. Uh, and I, TLC is playing really well right now. They're 15 and three in the league, uh, and definitely have some play. I, there are some players that I expect, uh, to see an LCS next split, especially given where salaries are headed. I think that might be some extra opportunities for some NA players. Cubby, uh, listen, so. those days you just listed, those are LEC days. And, uh, and what they I rate learned, us after, what Travis. I learned this split or this year is that no one is capable of watching both LEC and the North American League right afterwards. So I apologize, but I just can't do it. Bad uh, time slot, Cubby. No well, one's going to watch on the weekends. You know, that they, they raid the stream. So you could watch LEC and then fall asleep at your computer uh, playing Magic, and then you can still spectate and count as a viewer afterwards and hopefully actively participate when you get up, you know. That sounds nice. All right. Anyway, thank you, Cubby. Thank you, Mark. For me, just uh, I got content coming out this week. Go, hey, go, oh, God, please go look, look at the this week's surprise test. I released it over the weekend, and nobody watched it, and it's quite good, and I don't want to stop doing surprise tests. So if you like surprise tests, go watch that one so that it actually gets, and share it with people, and Ooh. send it around. Send it, uh, put it on a, a mailing list, a chain mailing list to your grandmother. and uh, Send it friends. to your grandma, send it to your mom. New recipe. Yeah. I'll, that'll get all the grandmas to click it. No, the people do fan art. Here's the hook: people do fan art of Captain Flowers in it, the other casters, and it's um, it's not great. Anyway, thanks everyone for watching. Stick around. Mm -hmm. Bye.